Welcome back to another episode, and I would like to think that this may be the most unhinged yet. <laughs> um, we have a new co-host. Hell I'm yeah. Nathan, uh, and we're going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Hi, and my what name show is we're Sam doing. Sostak. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. What? You just you just glitched and you went through like slow motion up on my computer. I went through it. <laughs> Do you know what I've had? It. it officially. <laughs> I'm sorry, take two for your introduction. Oh my god. <laughs> Hi, my name is Sam Sostak, and I am co-host number 67. And today we are doing Little Women, the Broadway musical. Little women. Little yes. women. Little women. Yes. How little can they get? We're about to find out. Why are they so little? <laughs> Why are they so and little? if they're so little, are they not girls? Um, something to think about. Everybody, let's take five minutes of uninterrupted silence and think about little women. Um, <laughs> Please, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, tell, since you are new to the podcast, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, because we've done theater before. I think I've mentioned you on the show before. Once. Oh, she's Once. counting. She is counting. One time. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm Sam. Nathan and I have been friends for a couple of years. It's been mm-hmm. it's been a good chunk of time. Um, we have done exactly I would say two and a half shows together. Um Okay. Um, but we met on a Little Shop of Horrors. Everything Sam and I have done is little. <laughs> little Shop of Horrors. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. We were little kids. Yes. And we did Wait, that... what was the half show? I don't count the cabaret as a full show because it was 100% fuckery the whole time. <laughs> the gift of the season. It's the gift of the season, Mama. <laughs> With no return. <laughs> there was no gift received. <laughs> I blocked that show out due to personal drama, not even show drama. Oh, we're, oh my God. Yeah. That was, yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a rough time for everyone. <laughs> I was telling Dylan and Karina, or I was telling Dylan last night that I was going to record with you. And he was like, and how do you know Sam? I was like, I know her through Little Shop. I was her understudy. I was, uh, she was my Charlie Brown when we did your good man, Charlie Brown. And I said, I also slept in her solarium for a week when I mentally could not live in my own home. Uh, I blocked that out. We blocked a lot of 2020 uh, out, everybody. Yep. Uh, but this was pre-pandemic. This mm-hmm. is when uh, Nolan had left. And I was like, oh, I just can't live in my own home. Yep. Yang. <laughs> Tyler Scott's house for wayward queers. The, baby... And I was paying rent. Uh, I did not, and I do not owe you any. So, we will... <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about Little Women, which was a show I saw Sam in. Um, yes. Where she played the titular role of Little. And <laughs> um, I've never seen it. I'm kidding. Uh, and, yeah, that's what we're going to get into. Sam has a very um, close connection to this show, so I that's do. why I wanted her to do it. Yes. This is the one show that I would say that I know the most about. Fair. Yeah. Only because I was... Well, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, But, okay, so Sam Sam and I did 
Your Good Man Charlie Brown mm-hmm. through the same company event group yeah. that did that did uh your production of Little Women. Yes. So stage a stage class club uh, stage at class Disney. Club. Sam and I both worked at Disney together. Yes, not together, but and our, around each other. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the same company with sixty-seven thousand other people. Yes. Um, <laughs> and our favorite theater that we've ever performed in. I told somebody my favorite theater I've ever performed in was the Fantasia G Ballroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the historic at Disney's Marshall Contemporary Wellness. Resort. <laughs> Fantasia G, baby. You've got to. <clears throat> so, yes. if you're ready, I'm ready. Okay. And we can get into this. Let's get into it, baby. The littlest of women. So, I did not realize, first of all, I need technology to withhold the test of time. And it will never do that. <laughs> because I kept seeing clips of Sutton Foster from the original production of Little Women. Yes. And I was like... Oh my God, this was forever ago. I didn't know they did this show in the 80s. It's a 2005 Broadway show. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just... It's 2005 Broadway musical. <laughs> the, the quality of videos are not always great. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. Uh, it has music by Jason Howland, mm-hmm. same, uh, lyrics by Mindy Dickstein. Dickstein, yep. <coughs> Dab, <laughs> I finally got a name right on this fucking show. Yes. And, uh, the book by Alan Nee, and it's based on the very famous novel, Little Women, by Louisa May Alcott. Damn straight. Yep. Yes. Now... The book is not great. Like the libretto? Like the... Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The book of the musical is... Garbage. Hot Hot garbage. garbage. Okay, great. That is something that when we were doing the show is whenever something weird would pop up, we would all just be like, Alan Nee, why is this so bad? I, I always feel like... Do you remember the episode of Glee when they did... Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Vaguely, yes. And they're doing the Brad, Janet, Dr. Scott, Rocky, and Sue's also talking in the middle of it. Yes. And they're like, Sue, you have to be quiet. And she's like, these are my rewrites. And this show has incredible pacing issues. That's what I think about this show. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, this show has incredible pacing issues. Mm Mm-hmm. So. It could have been so good. But y'all do know Little Women, I'm sure. If you're a if you're an English major or um, a gay in high school being protected by their English honors uh, <laughs> teacher in your fourth period, you know Little Women. You've been held by Little Women <laughs> in the arms. You've of this been book. held by a Little Woman, <laughs> and you can report that to the school district, and you can make a woman lose her job. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Um, Anyway, I may have to put a disclaimer on this episode. Um, (laughs) So, it opened on Broadway, on the Broadway, at the Virginia Theater on January 23rd, 2005, after 55 previews, and it closed in May of the same year, on the 22nd, 
of May. Yes. Uh, with 137 performances. Yes. Do we know what the Virginia Theater is now, though? Is it what I think it is? No, it's not the Walter Kerr, Nathan. Oh, okay. Then no, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it is the August Wilson. Oh, okay. So it lived in the same place that Mean Girls lived. Okay. Yes. Okay, okay. So, like, yes. I'm, like, imagining that, and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> there are some shows that open on Broadway, and I feel like this is one of them, where I'm like, some theaters are too big for your show. Yes. Like, because Play That Goes Wrong opened on Broadway, and I don't know what theater it opened in, but now it's at the New World stage. It was in its own place. And that's like, it was in its own place because it transferred off Broadway to the New World stage. And I'm like, that is a perfect venue for it. I can't imagine it anywhere else other than New World. Because y'all, you saw it when yeah. you went up to New York, yeah. right? I saw it with Tyler. It's a fucking amazing show. Yeah. No, um, Tyler and I sat in the second row behind an entire family who was eating hard-boiled eggs. I, re- I have a video of it. You leave my family out of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it had a very short run, but all the reviews were like pretty genuine, uh, generous yeah. with it. They yeah. loved Sutton Foster. Who doesn't? Listen, I found something today. Where is it? Oh, it's fucking probably on my phone but i did the timeline because i didn't know i was like where did this fall in like sutton's like timeline of you know being sutton foster pretty early on it's pretty early on but she did this into like a show into another like for for, like five years straight she was doing show after show because she did this into drowsy chaperone into shrek into like one other thing and i was like girl yep you are doing musical theater. <laughs> when everybody says they want the career they want, that's what they want. It could not be me because I'm that ensemble ensemble, ensemble. member from Chicago who did it for like 25 years. And I'm just like, a paycheck is a paycheck. <laughs> and she's that's just me. Like, she wakes up, takes a breath, and there's a new project sitting on her desk table. And I'm just like, it's a lie. Somebody... I will I will get more into this I, if I do it like a specific Aaron Tivet song or uh, song. Um, <laughs> I'm now just going to bounce audition ideas off of you guys um, episode and or when I talk about like Moulin Rouge or one of his mm-hmm. like well-known shows. But somebody did the math of him doing Catch Me If You Can into Next to Normal into like a Hollywood Bowl thing that he did. And they were like in a four month span, he had two days off. Because of, like, how drastic his schedule was. No. And I'm like, no. it can't be me. It, I barely stand up out of bed, y'all. I couldn't <laughs> I even work at understand. Disney for a week without taking two days off. Use those call sick freeze, baby. <laughs> this is, hi, this is Samantha Sostak, and I'll be calling call sick continuous for one point. Uh, I, I guess, I'll, guys, I'll see you guys on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Got it's all me. about the continuous point. <laughs> all you gotta do, call sick for um, three days, one point, baby. Period. 
per. Uh, so, reviews were great. Yes. Uh, they did have a lot of trouble with the book. Like, critics had a lot of trouble with the book. So did I. Um, but there, there was one... There was one review I saw that was like, if the weight of the March family sits solely on Sutton Foster's shoulders, it is in good hands. And I'm like, I fucking love it. They were just talking about like how good she was in the show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But that's not what this is about, baby. (laughs) No. It's about the whole family. Yes. It's little women, not one little woman. It's not little woman. That's another show. (laughs) That's pretty woman. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's Samantha Barks. Um, she, I was, I almost said she's frozen now. She's Elsa she, now. Um, same thing. <laughs> good for her. Uh, anyway, Tony nominations. Let's talk. They about received it. one. They also lost. One. Yep. It was it was for Sutton Foster for playing Joe March in this show. Yes. Can you believe? I can. I can. I can. What I, I can't can. believe is that they did not get some sort of lighting Tony Nom. Yeah. Because the original set, from what videos I've seen, um, the entire back wall was like supposed to look like their attic. And it was like this beautiful yeah. slatted like like wall with like a round window. And when they put it's specifically during Astonishing, um, they like put an entire backsplash of orange and it just looks incredible behind her while she's like belting her face off. So like Please. I was just finding who did win the Tony for um Best Leading Actress. And it was Victoria Clark for The Light in the Piazza. Victoria Clark? Was she- yeah. She won a Tony for The Light in the Piazza. Uh, <laughs> she oh. she went to Yale. Can y'all tell I'm on uh, Wikipedia right now? Uh, <laughs> and she, yeah, she, it looks like she does more opera stuff than she does, um, like, straight like musical stuff gotcha yeah so cool troll yeah good for her good for her um but we're not here to talk about her we're here to talk about miss sutton foster it's it's time for sutton Um, foster (laughs) so speaking of sutton foster Mm -hmm. very quickly we can dedicate three minutes of our time and I think if anybody can do it, it's me and you, Sam. Let's talk about the Music Man. Fuck that show. <laughs> wow, we did it in two seconds. <laughs> um, the Music Man um, revival does not deserve rights, and I will say it again. I will stand outside of the Winter Garden Theater, like SpongeBob stood outside of the Krusty Krab, and said, "Hugh Jackman is in there, standing at the concession, plotting his oppression." <laughs> I would also like to ask a question about why Sutton Foster, all of her wigs look so crusty and gross. Like, I don't know. I, I saw the best tweet of all time that I am a thousand percent behind. It said, if we can lower the keys for Sutton Foster, we can lower the keys for trans performers. And I was like, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And it's, because my, 
my argument for that is going to be some some college professor is going to be like, but she's Sutton Foster. Well, she's not Sutton Foster if we're lowering the keys. Mm-hmm. I, I, I totally agree with that. We should be lowering keys for our so. transformers. Anyway, Sutton Foster has done me no wrong other than be Marion the Librarian in um, The Music Man, a show I do not like. And do not like even more so that it took the Winter Garden away from Beetlejuice. See, like, I was, like, okay with The Music Man until that happened. And then I found out that it was Hugh Jackman and I became enraged. (laughs) (laughs) And I have stayed enraged until this moment. (laughs) You ain't gotta get mad if you stay mad, baby. Me. <laughs> I've been mad about it the whole time. Ugh. I, I just want Beetlejuice to beat Music Man for best revival. <laughs> I know you say that. You say that every time. It won't happen. I don't though. think it's going to be a revival. I, I think want it to. because they never closed. They never officially closed. Okay. I don't know. I I would like to live your fantasy with you, and I'm having a good time in my fantasy. So like, <laughs> bring it on down. Let's go. Um, so there were a lot of like um, workshops and read throughs of this show because I went to go find the cast and I was like, oh, one cast. And it was like the four casts that did it before. And here's the Broadway cast. And I was like, oh, OK. Um, so we're only talking about the Broadway, ca- the original Broadway cast. Yes. Um, they had 137 re- performances. It was one cast. Uh, we might also talk about stage cast productions, cast of Little Women oh, a little bit too. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. So, Joe March was played by Sutton Foster, mm-hmm. yes. And then in stage, it was played by me. Yes, Samantha Sustang. That's me. Um. Okay, I have a question real quick. Okay, okay the next character is Marmy, who's the mom, yes. who is played by Maureen McGovern. Yes. Why do they call her Marmy? Um, so if I can, I knew this off the top of my head while I was doing the show. I think it is a Beth thing. So um, when they were growing up, Beth couldn't say mom or mommy. Uh-huh. So it kind of just turned into Marmy. And if I'm wrong, somebody can punch me in the face but that is what no they can't because we have a disclaimer on this show and we have since the victor garber incident of episode two (laughs) victor garber i love him um Um, but okay cool i was just like i'm sure it was a mom thing yeah i just i was not 100 percent sure yeah Yeah. and if we're Um, if we're really getting into it her name is abby oh who is the name of louisa may alcott's mother i believe so all i this am ties, your mother i am your mother um all <laughs> the entire uh little women as a whole ties into um louisa may alcott's life so yeah yeah a whole thing we'll talk about it uh, uh aunt march was played by jeanette carroll mm-hmm. um i really liked y'all's aunt i I have heard some stories, but I really enjoyed watching her on She stage. was wild. She was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Lori was played by Danny Gerwin, or our friend Tyler Scott. Tyler James Scott. How are you, baby? Tyler James Scott. Look him up on Instagram. I don't know. Um, Professor Bayer 
Is that how you say his name? You're like, no, no. Okay, Who? so how do you say it? What? What? Professor? Professor, professor? Bear. Like, Bear. <laughs> okay. Like, my mom's a bear. I was... Like that. I thought... I was thinking aspirin. Like, Bayer. Bayer aspirin. That too. Anyway. Um, was played by John Hickok. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy was played by Amy McAlexander. Um, Beth was played by Megan McGinnis. I love her. I love her. I love her. She's wonderful. Uh, Beth was played by... Am I having a stroke? You did Megan McGinnis. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Meg. Okay, so that's where my confusion was. Meg is played by, uh, Jenny Powers. Mm -hmm. Mr. Lawrence was played by Robert Staddle. And Mr. Brooke was played by Jim Weitzer. Yes. Okay. Two things. Beth is the one who sings the kite song, right? Which kite song? The, the sad one. Yes. Okay. Bucking loved her. That was the only time... Oh, I cried twice in your production, and that was the second time I cried. What was the first time you cried? When Marmy sang the letter song at the, like, the very beginning. Weird flex, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm mentally ill. (laughs) No, I was just like, y'all like were so happy and then y'all left and then she was like, I'm faking these letters for my daughters. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) That's what I was unwell about. Okay. Um, Yeah. Um, But Meg... Who played your Meg? Because I knew her. Because she worked in my same department. Cheyenne. I love her. The first night I worked with her, we were working together in the same location. And I helped her get ready for work that day. And she literally gave me, like, a cast compliment. And I was like, Mama, I just, I I (laughs) buttoned a button for you. The sweetest (laughs) angel that ever did exist. She really is. Uh, The... Our cast was extremely close, um, all of us. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about our cast for a moment. Um, yeah, please do. So when we did our audition process, we did like a workshop audition. Mm-hmm. So we were all together all the time. Like we weren't just going in and out. Um, and I could only be there for like two of the four days because I worked at Disney, and mm. the attraction scheduler is terrible where I worked. So I had to close the final night of auditions. And um, throughout like the two days that I was there, I became very close with what ended up being our March family. So it was me and then we had Megan, Cheyenne, and then I don't know if you know Rel. Ariel O'Neill, she... Oh, I do. Yes, I do. Because she was in Gift of the Season with us. Yes. Yes. So Rel was our Amy. And the four of us became insanely close um Mm -hmm. but the night that the show was cast i was not able to be there um so i was walking home from the magic kingdom because i lived across the street absolutely (laughs) like 10 p.m and i'm walking home in the pitch black dark and i get a call from our director miss amy bates and um it is the entire cast of the show on the line offering me the role like that is how close (laughs) we were 
The entire cast called you and said, we regret to inform you, you have not been cast at this time, but we encourage you to come back out to Stage Cast Club and audition for another show. You know, <laughs> that would have been nice. <laughs> no, but like, it was like, Amy was like, hey, do you want to be our Joe? And like, I was on speaker and I didn't know. So like, when I said yes, like the entire cast was like behind her, like Aww. screaming and clapping and it was really sweet. And it started. That's very cute. It was really cute. It, we were, all of us were insanely close. Yeah. It's yeah. that kind of show. It has to be. It really is. Um, or the family dynamic doesn't work. Um what a concept. Uh, my shape is a concept. Uh, so, <laughs> Sam, I feel like I do know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Who would you be in this show? And since you've already been in this show, would you want to play somebody different? I have two answers for this. Um, okay. So, I would love to have another stab at Joe. She's a lot of okay. fun. Um, if I could choose to be any of the other female roles, absolutely, I would love to do Amy because Florence Pugh. Um, I would watch the shit out of you being Amy, especially in the scene where she burns the book. Oh my god, so much fun, so good. Um, but I will grow into a Marmy. But if I could do any of the male roles, I would do Lori. I love it. Nathan. I'd watch it. Yes. Yes, hello. If you could be anybody in this show, who would you be and why? Yes. Who would you be uh, Beth, so that I could die. Um, <gasps> so, no. <laughs> no. Um, no. Legitimately, Beth, just because I fucking love her kite song. Her kite song is so good and it's so innocent. And, like, I... She, she was not my favorite part of your production. She was not my least favorite part of your production. But the way y'all s- staged that moment was so innocent and so, like, beautiful between, like, you and a sister mm-hmm. that I was like, she's so good. This is, it was such a good moment. And I was like, I'd love to have, like, that good of a, like, moment. Um, or fucking Marmy because the fucking letter song is amazing. It's so good. See, Marmy's music is really good, but I don't think that's the winner of her two songs. I think her song at the end. Oh, Days the, of Plenty, um, where she's like yes. talking about Beth. <gasps> yes. I became desensitized to it, so I would stand there and I would look at her. But on the off, like the off chance where I was feeling some type of way, I would just be like. Ugh. <laughs> on the off chance I was feeling some kind of way. <laughs> Nowadays, that's every day, but back then. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Now, you did a very interesting thing. Your production was in the round. Yes, it was. So, Sam, my question to you is, where do you like to sit when you're in the round? Because there is an answer, and then there is a right answer. In the round... I've never actually, mm, have I seen a show in the round? I've seen a show in Alley, so I don't have a good answer about in the round. Like, if I were to see a show in the round, I would ask the cast, I'd be like, hey, where do you think is the best spot to sit? 
so you get the best visuals of everything. But if I had the, like, if it was raked and I was in the round, I'd sit up high. Yeah. If that makes sense. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I, when, hmm, let's go back. When we did Your Good Man, Charlie Brown together, I felt that there were more pictures to be had by sitting on a specific side. So when people yes. came, I'd be like, sit on this side or this yes. side. Um, but in the round, I also love the answer of sitting up high. But if you were doing in the round correctly, and we were not able to like sit up high because we were in a flat room where you did it. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it in the round correctly, you should be making pictures at an angle. So if you sit in the corner of a room, it's like you're watching it on a proscenium. Yes. But yeah. So anyway, that's my answer. Um, yes. And I'm right. Uh, so, <laughs> plus it's my podcast, so I can't edit in your answers, everyone. Um, anyway, Sam, since you were in the show, yes. I would like to hand the reins over to you to talk us through the plot of this show. And then I will scream about music uh at my leisure um so yeah our stumble through will be spearheaded by one miss samantha sostat yay all right now kith me as soon as i see joe and laurie on stage with each other no that is not the way that this is happening okay so hold on because we're going to talk about it now. Okay. And also, if you haven't seen the Florence Pugh version of Little Women, fucking go watch it. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Women. 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 Um, oh, and that's also where I get women from. I might name this episode Women. Um, so... I don't know why you're not calling it Bastonishing. Basto- okay, we have to talk about that. So when Sam and I... When <laughs> Sam and I... Shared a role. Did... Little <laughs> uh, little Shop of Horrors. We were both horribly miscast as uh, Chiffon <laughs> and then Chiffon's understudy. We um, were Chiffon no, A Sam and Chiffon was... 1. <laughs> <laughs> but also, and, wasn't Ori's dog Chiffon 3? Oh, it's probably Scarlet. Yeah, Scarlet, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so... Yes, she was. So I was Chiffon's understudy, and I was Mr. Mushnick's understudy. And if anybody wants a um, an insight into what it was like as me as Mr. Mushnick, uh, people called it a louder version of Billy Eichner. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, oh, no. Uh, we were doing... So we were running the show once, and... Sam was there, but I think they were teaching the understudies, like, the blocking. And so she was sitting out in the audience. And for no other reason than to be a nuisance, we were doing the Act 1 finale where the where Seymour C- is feeding um, Oren to the plant. And the urchins come out and uh, Chiffon goes... Shangalang, fill the storm and drag in the air. And I do not know what possessed me, again, other than to be a nuisance. I walked out and I went, Bashangalang. <laughs> and it just became mine and Sam's thing. We would just scream at each other whenever we saw each other. And then you took it to Little Women, right? Yes. And it became astonishing. 
which is hilarious, but I only knew Sam in the cast of Little Women, and I knew of two of... I knew Perry and Cheyenne just through entertainment. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know them any other way. I didn't know them, like, super personally. And so the night I came to the show, like, four people walked up to me and was like, astonishing and i'm like no i don't <laughs> okay yeah. yes that's me hello what, what's up <laughs> um nathan um there is one thing before we get into the stumble through that i would like to mm-hmm. um talk to you about that has to do with yes. the show um it was very shortly after i had gotten cast as joe and i told you about it and you snapchatted me and you had a dream about me and little woman okay You've talked about this, but I violently do not remember it. But go ahead. Um, It is one of my favorite things you have ever said to me. Incredible. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) So you Snapchat me and you're just like, Sam, um, congratulations on being cast as Joe in Little Women. To which I'm just like, hell yeah, thank you. And you're just like, I had a dream. And I was like, fuck, here we go. And you're like, I'm coming to see you in this show, but my dream was this. I came to see you sing Astonishing in this show, but they would not let me into the theater. <laughs> they were like barring me at the door. And <laughs> you're just like, I was banging, banging on the theater doors, screaming, I just want to see Sam sing Astonishing. <laughs> I stand by that dream <laughs> because that was the main draw of me coming to see that show. <laughs> coming to see me sing the only song that anybody knows from that show other than the kite song. The kite song. Do you have the kite song from Little Women? No, but I do have the kite song from Your Good Man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. A little more speed, a little more speed, a little more speed, a little more speed. <laughs> Gotta get a little bit more speed. <sighs> That's a show that someone's gonna talk about at some point and it it's not. gonna be a wild time vignette not. after vignette <laughs> vignette the musical okay you ready <laughs> yes but that would also be a hilarious show about like an improv group <laughs> oh my God. vignette the musical oh my God. no okay but yes sam please take us away let's get into it we are sitting in the august wilson theater I am sitting in the mezzanine because there is no other place to sit. And, Correct. Mm-hmm. And we get a blackout. We get some sort of overture. And it's... I... <laughs> it's, so can we just pick the overture? Because I'm picking the one from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> yes. It is, it is a, of, pick, a pick your own adventure. <laughs> one of my... One of my favorite things that has ever been said about Overture is from The Office when they go to watch Andy's production of Sweeney Todd and they're talking before the show and Daryl leans over and he goes, be quiet because if we miss the Overture, we won't recognize the musical thematics throughout the show. And I'm like, He's not wrong. you've got it, baby. That's it. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> so we get an Overture of your choosing. And the lights come up, and it is January of 1865, and we are in a boarding house in New York City, 
and we have Professor Bear and Miss Joe March vibing in the parlor like they do. Um, I don't like the professor. Not a lot of people do. Okay. Our professor was played by Anibal Sotobard. He was lovely. Anibal's incredible. Anibal, yeah. if you're listening, I love you. Um, also, <laughs> hi, I'm Alima Gilfrey. <laughs> Period. You gotta get that shout out. <laughs> out of the way. My big, Emily McGilvery. What's up, girl? <laughs> Love you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Anibal was absolutely lovely. He had the best track in the show. He had the snack track. He came on, he said five things, and then he left. Got a solo in the second act, came back at the very end. I called it a snack track. I did. Nessa Rose is quaking right now because that is the dream. She gets to sit. Lucky Listen, girl. if you're the okay, um, fuck, what's her name? Sophie. If you're Sophie from Anastasia, you literally walk the queen across the stage in the opening number and don't come back until Act Two. That's lovely. That's so nice. That's it. <laughs> so nice. Somebody. Yes, I'm sorry, but the professor and Joe. <laughs> yes. So first scene, it is the professor and Joe. Um, and he's like, girl, you need to get your fucking mail. And she's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and if you open it, it's a federal crime. <laughs> and Joe's just like, the only mail that I fucking want is the publishers that I've been sending my books to. And he's like, well, you got other mail. Take care of it. <laughs> the yeah. only male I want is female, and that's the end of the show. <laughs> Work. <laughs> oh my god, this, this is this is gonna be wild. Yes. Okay. So, so Joan Professor are having a chat about her mail, and she had given him a manuscript of a story that she had been writing, because Joe, if you don't know this story is a writer. Joe likes to write little stories about little women, maybe. Um, but um, Babe. <laughs> that's later. Um, but Joe likes to write blood and gut stories because she has a very wild yeah. imagination. And she moved to New York to be a writer. And she sends her stories out to these publishers. And she's like, none of these publishers are picking up my stories to put in the newspapers. And I don't know why. And she was talking to Professor Bear, who is a like German scholar, and she's like, hey, can you read my manuscripts? Tell me what's going on. And um, he goes, well, I don't like it. And, <laughs> and then Joe then proceeds to take him through the entire story that she has now handed to him. And yeah. um, that's when we get an operatic tragedy, which is the first sung through bit of this show. Yeah, um, and this is where, this is this is the one where, like, her sisters come in and play the parts. Yes, yeah, so we get, like, two of these in the show. Yes. Um, and there is doubling if you're doing this show with all adults and not in a high school. Um these roles are double. So I will read you the doubling so you can imagine kind of who is going on currently. Absolutely. So Marmee, um, she'll come back later 
in the story, she plays the hag, which is one of my favorite parts of this show. Um, Meg plays Clarissa, who is kind of the heroine of the story. Um, we'll get into that. And then Amy... Amy plays the troll, and that comes back later. And she deserves it. Mm-hmm. You act like a troll, you get cast as a troll. <gasps> Period. I'm right. And then Beth plays a mystery role that we will get into later. And then um, Lori doubles as Rodrigo. And then Mr. Brooke will um, double as Braxton. And so when you are hearing these people or when I'm talking about these people, just imagine it's any of those people. So Joe is telling the story and she begins to speak the story out and then all of her characters flood the stage. And it's... Yes. Yes. It's a very much big fish moment. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The like the way that the storytelling happens with Joe's little little things that she does is very big fish. Um, yeah. And in the Broadway version, I didn't mind it because it happens above. In the bootleg, I began mm-hmm. to watch it happens like above her, um, but it happened all up around me when I did it. They were like running past me and running around me. It was it was cool. Um, so Joe is telling the story to Professor Bear about this girl who is being followed by this creepy man um and she gets saved by this hero man named rodrigo and they get into a sword fight and he chases her off and as joe is getting into the blood and guts um professor bear cuts her off and um he's like what are you writing about girl what's up and she's like literally he's like tell me what is it you're writing here and she's like, blood and gut stuff? Duh. Yeah. <laughs> blood and guts. Magazines and periodicals all love it. And he's like, violence and seduction on every page. Um, and Joe's like, yeah, read Shakespeare. Read history. That's what it's about. Well, that's also, and I mean, I'm sure you're about to say it. She's a woman doing this. Yes. Not a man doing this. Yes. And if it had been a dude doing this i think professor bear's reaction would have been different which is yeah garbage um and then as joe is like saying all this stuff the professor's like you know what i'm gonna protect this girl's feelings i'm just gonna leave the situation and he tries to go and she's like "Uh uh-uh i want you to tell me what you think yeah and he goes off and he tells her that um I don't think it's right for women to be, like, writing this kind of stuff. It's really violent. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I know that you're unique, but I think that you can do better. And she's like, uh, <laughs> better? <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes in on yes. him. She reads him for filth, which was, like, this is one of my favorite things to do in the first scene with Anibal because we really got into it. Um, and he's like, you can do better. And she goes, oh. And who are you anyway? An aging German professor, almost 50? And he's like, I'm 34. Oh, no. <laughs> he goes, I'm 34. And she goes, oh, wow, really? <laughs> you look a lot older. And I was like, yes. Oh, my God. Wrecked. Wrecked. Oh, um, he's like, I worry. And, and then he gets mad. And then he goes to dinner. 
And that triggers the second song of the show, which is actually ding, 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 an incredible audition piece. If you are a mezzo-soprano... Ladies, put it in your book. Mixer Belter, put better in your book. It is a good song. And Joe sings better. And... Um, One of my favorite lines from Better is when she says, this story will be my King Lear. Mm-hmm. Because not only is that a wild claim uh, to like a very well-known show, mm-hmm. but Little Women is Louisa May Alcott's King Lear. Like It is, it is, it is her magnum It opus. is the like, story she swore it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Little Women is, and the books that followed it, in the series are like it is her magnum opus and like they stand the test of time and i will stand by that if you are a young lady looking for something to read about growing up little women read it mm-hmm. a good book okay better so uh, joe is like my writing is the shit <laughs> i don't know what the hell he's talking about i'm great he sucks and uh period and then then she starts to and then she gets into her head about it (laughs) and then she's like like you do um and she is like what if he's right what if what if what he said is true like if what if i don't succeed what am i gonna do am i gonna go back to concord like leave new york behind unconquered that was one of my favorite things to say is turn around, go back to Concord, leave New York behind unconquered because they sound the same. Um, And then I would scream, no! And then um, she then triggers the memory play part of the show, which I absolutely love. Um, And then she says, how how dare he make me doubt myself? Um, Everything that I write is who I am. Um, These are like my words that I've written they are alive with passion, like as alive as they were when I was back in my attic. And then yeah. and enter the girls. Um as she is saying that, we get a musical interlude where her three sisters come in and Joe does a quick change on stage. I did my quick change on stage. Um, where um her sisters come in and they're getting ready to do a play that Joe had written for them. And it is Christmas Eve, and they are in 1863 in Concord in her attic. And um, Amy comes in and she says, Joe, the girls at school were horrible to me. They made fun of my dress and my nose. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's Amy's whole thing. <laughs> and um, Meg is coming in. She's like, I want to be a governess. I want to meet eligible young men. And Beth comes in. And Beth is as sweet as apple pie. And we love her. And... Um, she comes in and she says, what if I was better when I was home? Which is like a very big character moment for Jo. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like the whole crux of her character at that point. It's like, wait, what if he's right? What if I was better when I was there? Um, and then we get into um, Our Finest Dreams, which is a super cute number. It's real cute. Oh, yes. So the sisters come in and they're all doing their doing their little things that they do joe has written a play it is christmas eve we are in concord massachusetts the civil war is happening that's a thing that happens in this show the civil war um Mm -hmm. and marmy is 
not home currently. And there we love Marmee. Marmee, incredible mother figure. Incredible. Wait, Laura Dern. Laura Dern, yeah. Yeah, Laura Dern. Laura, Laura Dern and Susan Sarandon in when I, in the Winona Ryder version. I think it's Susan Sarandon. Wig. She's incredible. She's so good. It's I think it's Susan Sarandon. I'll look it up, but you go ahead. Yes. So Marmee is not home. She is currently helping the soldiers who are like kind of around she's like it was susan it was one of my all-time favorite movies it is one of my convert movies along with girl interrupted (laughs) which i just did to you and i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) i am girl interrupted please uh okay so marmy is helping the kind of civil war soldiers that are around um She's giving things to them. It, the, not, it's the Union and the two sides. The South? The South and the North. She is aiding Northern soldiers. Thank you. Yes. I would have thought about that and that would have made my The Confederacy. Yes, she is aiding Union soldiers. Ha ha! What y'all know about me? Nathan's got it. Oh my He listened to Hamilton once. (laughs) Um, That was a hundred years before this, but go off. Don't get me started on Hamilton. I have thoughts. Um, so. I have all of them. <laughs> aiding Union soldiers, giving them like little care packages, blankets, little something, something to eat. Um, girls are home alone. They are getting ready to do a play that Joe has written. And um, they are in their little costumes. Beth has a little scarf around her head. She looks so cute. She is a mother. I am your mother now. <laughs> And <laughs> yes. And Joe says, "Listen, everybody, I've risen to the occasion once again, <laughs> and I've written us an opera. Not to play. toot my own horn, girl. <laughs> Not to toot, toot, toot my own horn, but I did great. And she has written them a play. And and Beth's like, we're gonna perform it for Mommy when she comes home for Christmas because we are poor, and that's all we can give her." And Amy says, I can't do that because my nose is flat. And, um... Shut up, Amy. (laughs) Amy is a lovely character, and I love her so much. (laughs) Writes for Amy March. Um, and... Meg is like, hey. I do love that Meg asks, she's like, do I die in this one? And she's like, yes, you will die. Yes, you will. (laughs) Yes. So they're all just like, should we do this? There's like a war on. And Joe's like, we got to do something. We got to do something. Um, So we are putting on a play. And we are going to show it to all of Concord. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be filled with blood and guts. And Joe goes through the first like verse and a half of this song, kind of motivating her sisters to join in her play. And Meg famously Mm -hmm. says, Joe... Do I die in this one? And Joe's like, yes, you will die. But she also <laughs> says, like none before. You will die like none I, before. I love that. I love her. The world will shudder when your body hits the floor. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and through these lyrics, you get to see just how like bloody 
and gutsy Joe's writing is because it is like serial killer shit that she's like Rodrigo's gonna make you bleed and you are going to bleed out and die on this floor and they're all Joe like, is writing the stranger beside me <laughs> and they're and they're all like yay <laughs> blood and guts <laughs> you um, better <laughs> yes and she's like motivating her sisters to get into this story and um she gets them all to kind of do the lines and Amy is not participating. Amy is like the football guy in in the musical who doesn't know what the hell's going on and they're all doing great and Amy's like, mother, dear mother, do not cry. And Joe's like, Amy, what the fuck? You do With better. emotion. One more time with feeling, Amy. And then she does it one more time and she's still doing bad and she's like, I am teased and ridiculed at school because my nose is flat and everyone's like, shut the fuck up, Amy shut up literally <laughs> um and then yeah and then she continues to motivate them and she's like hey i know you're tired i know it's hard but we are gonna triumph and it's gonna be great and um then they go into a little a little scene where joe says one of my least favorite things that i had to say in this show um, oh no <laughs> this is part one of why alan me did not do a good job with this show. <laughs> so Joe is talking about how she's like, I made a very important decision today. I'm going to, you know, I've been writing stories for forever to much satisfaction and people seem to like what I write. And everyone's like, mm-hmm, we love it, Joe. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she's like, I've decided that I'm going to become a world renowned writer. I'm going to write great books and earn barrels of money. And then she's like, I'm going to give you guys everything that you have ever dreamed of and everyone's like oh hell yeah we're gonna be rich and that's gonna be because of you joe yes and she goes i'm only gonna give you my money if you make me a promise and they're just like what huh with conditions with conditions and joe says you have to promise that we have to remain just as we are solid like a fortress that it's gonna be just the four march sisters forever and because they are young and because they are naive they're just like forever and in our show we did a little crossover our hearts and we held up the number four on our fingers and that was kind of like our secret little handshake thing that we did sometimes your family manipulates you without knowing they're manipulating you yes and that's what joe is doing in this moment she is manipulating her sisters and it does not there are no consequences for it later. <laughs> None. Um, so they all get into it. And then they start to sing. Um, Joe sings her own little thing. And then the sisters all kind of sing their own little thing. And it's all on top of each other. And it's really cute. Yeah. Um, and then they break into four-part harmony. Which is what I really love that they did this with the sisters in the score of this show. Um, is that they... They stacked them age order. So, fun fact. Okay. The sisters are all stacked age order. So, Meg is going to be your soprano one. Joe is going to be your soprano two. Beth is going to be kind of like your alto one, soprano two. They kind of flop. And then Amy is your alto two. So, when you're hearing them. Because I can only imagine what it's like to get four musical theater girls in a room and be like, you want to be on top? Like, it's, it's madness. 
We had to, we did in, it's in my score, which I am my totally legal score that I'm holding in my hand right now. Um, <laughs> um, I have like all, cause our voices were very different. Our looks for the roles mm-hmm. were one thing, but then our vocal parts were very different. So like we would stack in different ways for different songs, unless it was like solo stuff. So like yeah. every harmony, it's like a Cheyenne, Sam, Megan, Ralph, and it's like, and they all change. Incredible. But, yeah. Fun facts. But um, so back to the plot of this show. Um, so they're all singing and then they kind of do their little like show things and then the song ends. Um, mm-hmm. And then they have another little conversation and um, Joe's like, I'm energetic. I want to do something. I want to do something right now. And um, and then she's like, what do you want? Give me a task to do, which is like a thing that Joe says. She says it in the book. She says it in the movie. She says it in this show and it comes back. That's a, that's a secret mouse tool that we'll use in the second act. Um, Girl. So she's like, give me a task to do. I want to do something. I have a lot of energy. And um, Beth's like, I want you to bring our dad home. And Joe's like, bet i'm gonna write president lincoln a letter tonight and me too meg's like i want you to get me invited to this thing and she's like i'll do that and then amy being the greedy little bitch that she is (laughs) says i want you to get us a christmas tree which of the three tasks that is the simplest of the three Mm -hmm. um and joe says all right i'll go get you a christmas tree." say less say less and Joe's like hey there's one across the street and we are about to meet my favorite character of the show now so she goes there's one across the street and Beth says but that's on Mr. Lawrence's property and Joe's like so and then she leaves <laughs> the fuck he need that tree for he has so many um, so, look at how many trees he has yes <laughs> Look at, look at, they're rich. They don't need that many trees. Give to the poor. Um, <laughs> so then Marmy comes home and they're talking about, and they're just like, Joe's a really good person. Didn't need to be said. Um, and then they were talking about how um, Mr. Lawrence has this like huge house and he looks so mean and he looks so sad. He lives alone in that house. Um, and then Marmy comes home and um, Marmy's like, hey, sup girls. And the girls are like, we're doing a play for you. And she's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then Marmy's like, I have a Christmas gift for everybody, but I want to make sure that Joe's here. And they're like, but what is it? And she's like, your daddy wrote you a letter from the war. (laughs) You're welcome. Yes. And the whole thing is um, that he is not fighting in the war. He is like a priest. He is like an army parson. I don't know. He is, like, he does that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're like, open the letter. And Marmy's like, Joe's not here. Patience. I taught you to be patient. And um, so Marmy's like, you know what? Distraction. Tell me about everything that you did today. And all on top of each other, <laughs> the girls start talking about the random shit that they did that day. <laughs> Amy starts talking about how her nose is flat again. Beth's talking about how she's been baking biscuits and Meg's talking about how she's a governess and she she doesn't like the kids. And then Joe comes uh-huh. in. Joe comes in still dressed up as um 
she's in like a feathery hat and a cape and she's dragging yeah. oh no my pen a christmas tree behind her like a huge christmas tree i dragged this tree across the fantasia j ballroom and everybody thought it was hilarious <laughs> and she's like <laughs> i did it i got the tree here's and the tree here's the tree and um and then she's like joe march is the original i i work very hard to make this house a home <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i worked very hard and she's like i got us a tree oh shit marmy's home i stole this i'm gonna have to give it back now <laughs> and marmy's like where'd you get that and she's like i borrowed it from mr lawrence's Girl. yard <laughs> And then Marmy's like, you have to give it back. And Joe's like, I don't want to do that. He's old and giving it back is like bringing back a chicken after you've chopped its head off. That is an actual line from the show. And also fairly accurate. Yeah. What's he going to do with this tree? Watch it Re- die? Replant it. Um, so that is another thing that I was just like, Alan, why are you like this? Um, so they're all like yelling at each other and... She's like, what are we going to do with this tree? And then she's like, Beth says, we could give it to the Hummels. They don't have a lot. Ding, ding, ding. There is the thing that makes me so mad. The Hummels. Um, They are a secret Moscow tool we'll get to in about 15 pages. Um, So they decide to give the tree to this very poor family. They live. Mm -hmm. They are destitute. They have nothing. They barely have wood to put a fire in their little house. And they are so many kids. They have, like... Have you seen, the, like, the 98, 94 Winona Ryder Little Women? No, uh-uh. Okay. So there's this family that they kind of, like, help out a little bit. The Hummels. And they are poor. Yeah. There's, like, 10,000 kids. And they're all sick. And in okay. the in the book... In, like, the book book not like this book um they give their breakfast on christmas morning to this family love them yeah like they donate their whole breakfast to this family and then as they're doing this um mr lawrence sees them giving their breakfast to the hummel family and Lori's like hey let's give them a christmas dinner and like that's how in like the novel yeah they like meet up but in the musical it happens this way so um they are going to give the tree to the Hummels. And, like, as they are deciding this, Mr. Lawrence and Lori walk in. They bust mm-hmm. into the March house and they're just like, why the fuck did you take my tree? And he's like, which of you delinquents took this tree? And Joe's like, me, bitch. I did it. Yeah, well. And he's like, you, t- you chopped down my perfectly good Douglas fir. And for why? And Joe's like, I'll make it up to you. And he's like, with what? She's like, I'm going to plant more. Yeah. And then he's like, you're going to chop my firewood for two weeks. Well, a few days. And then he leaves. That's fair. Which is perfectly fair. And Joe's like, I hate this, but okay. Um, yeah. And then he leaves. And Lori stays behind. And Joe Lori. And Lori. Love him. And Joe and Lori meet for the first time. And he goes on a tangent because that is what Tori Tori who the fuck that's my little sister um there you go that's what Lori does um so he immediately says hi my name is Theodore Lawrence the third but everybody calls me Lori I've I've come to live here in Concord I play the kickle the 
Uh-huh. Yeah. He rambles, and he's like, he lists all of his, like, accomplishments, which I think is hilarious. He's Me. like, he, he says, I've come to live here in Concord. I play the piccolo, I can sleep standing up, and I want a medal for holding my breath for nearly three minutes without passing out at school. And Him it, and these damn medals. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, all the girls are like, okay. And, uh, and then he continues, he's like, hey... I think what you did was really, really daring. And then he looks her dead in the eyes and says, bye. And he walks away. Goodbye. He says, well, goodbye. And um, (laughs) because Joe's lazy and she doesn't want to walk that tree to the Hummels, she says, hey, Lori, do you want to do me a favor? I know that you you like me based on that. Um, Do you want to do me a favor? And he's like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do anything. And Mommy's like, hey, you shouldn't be using this person the way that you're using this person. And Joe's like, he doesn't mind. And you're like, Marmy, shut happen. the fuck up. Marmy, I'm making a friend. <laughs> and um, Joe has Lori take the tree to the Hummels. And then Lori leaves and takes the tree. Um, and we get to the letter. And, yes. and we get the... Usually in every production of Little Women that happens, when this letter is being read, it is a recreation of the original book art. We did it. I've seen... That is a fun fact oh, for cool. you. Yeah. And I'm going to show it to you right now. Um, it looks like... I don't know if you can see it. It looks like this. Oh my god, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what it is, it's Marmy sitting in the chair, Meg and Joe are standing off of her shoulders, and then Beth and Amy are sitting at her feet. Um, yeah. And Marnie reads this letter um, about um, all of this stuff. And um, she is just like, father says to give, give the girls his love, give them a kiss, tell them to be good girls, faithful and hardworking. Um, And then this is directly from the book, which is, I love that they put this in the musical. He goes, tell mm-hmm. them to conquer that which makes that that which is disagreeable in them so that when I return, I will be fonder and prouder than ever of my little women. So, yeah. So the name of the book, Little Women, is a callback to what their absent father because of the war calls them. Yeah. I said the name of the show. <laughs> and all of the girls. <laughs> Shut are, it down, everybody. <laughs> I said the name of the show. <laughs> um, so Marmy's like why does everybody look depressed as fuck you got a letter from your dad on Christmas and they're just like because we miss our dad and it's Christmas dad. yeah <laughs> and Marmy's like well I heard that you had a thing to do for me and that parks them all back up and they're like we're gonna go get ready for the play and Amy's like I'm going to go paint an entire scenery on a on a drop because that's Amy's thing she can paint um, and like they all go get ready and they all leave and then we get here alone which is the song that made you cry i fucking love this song so it's basically marmy just kind of like on stage alone Mm -hmm. and she's like she's like reflecting on the letter she's not like rereading it Mm -hmm. but she's like this is a like a wig reveal boots the house down sleigh of marmy admitting to herself like i'm writing these letters on behalf of my husband right She's making these letters up. She's writing these letters, right? No, she's not. 
Is this how you read it? Then I have severely misread this situation and I cried for no reason. <laughs> then I cried for no... I... Years! Years I've believed this. Oh no! For years I have believed this. No. No. It's... The way that I take Well, then it, I have no emotional attachment and would like to change my answer to only being Beth so I can die now. Word. <laughs> Word. So, so, Marmy is just talking. I can't. The look on your face, Nathan. I am so. I thought she was making up the letters because he wasn't writing. No. I knew he wasn't, like, I know he's not dead. I just, I just like, it's like, he doesn't have time to write, so I'm going to write the letters. I mean, I guess it could be taken that way. But I know. That's how I took it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. Proceed. <laughs> no, it is perfectly fine. I am having a paradigm shift, like, of my life. No. That is wild. No, here I am. I'm looking for it. But I I really don't think that that's it. But I like that. What if it was that? I wept. Wept at the Contemporary Resort. <laughs> in the Fantasia J Ballroom. In the Fantasia J Ballroom. Nathan in between... West. In between my ex and Lena Feliciano. Like. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway. So, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mommy's <laughs> reflecting on this letter. It might be fake. It might not. <laughs> Depending on how you take it, Nathan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she's like, my ass is here alone. I miss my husband. He's at the war. This is when I would go backstage and I would put on a skirt, put a flower in my hair, and sit for a moment. Um, But Maureen McGovern sang the shit out of this song. It was very sweet. It is a good audition song for older ladies who want a nice... Let me tell you, this is a perfect um, May Tuck song. And this is also a great role for Carolee Carmelo. Mm -hmm. I'd watch Carolee Carmelo pretty much do anything. but yeah. Marmy and Mae Tucker very much. Yeah. Very much the same. But so she sings this song and everyone's like, oh, Marmy's here alone. Blackout. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you hear her run into a bookcase and then find her way off stage. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Blackout. And then we transition to one of my favorite characters in this show, Aunt March. A wild woman. Yes. So, if there ever was one. Yes. So this is... I'm trying to figure out... This is Aunt March. So this is their father's sister. Um, yeah. Yes. So the difference between Aunt March and the March family is that Aunt March married Rich and the March family didn't do that. Um, married for love, baby. Married for love and then married for money. And her husband be dead. Aunt March's husband is dead and she is alone in this giant house called Plum. She got that Scrooge McDuck money. She does. She really does. <laughs> in this gigantic house called Plumfield. Um, if my computer could stop giving me pop-ups, that would be lovely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Continuing on. Also, Aunt March is played by Meryl Streep in the yes, she Florence is. Pugh version of this movie. Yes, she is. And it is hilarious. 
So we get out March. She is crotchety. She is angry. She is old. That's all you got to yeah. know about her. And she does not like Joe. Um, Literally. Because Joe is trying to be an independent woman. Yes. So Joe is trying to be a writer. Joe is trying to be independent. She doesn't like wearing skirts. She likes walking through the flowers. She likes not wearing shoes. Um, and Aunt March is like, that's really gross. I don't like that for you. And if you want to go to Paris, you want to go abroad with me, you got to stop doing that shit. And Joe is at her house because Joe goes to read to her daily. Yeah. To make a little bit of money. She's her companion, I guess. That That's like the thing. Um, yeah. And then Joe um, is like, hey, I'm here. What's good? And um, Aunt March is like, hey, you're on the verge of womanhood. I want to take you abroad, but you got to stop acting a damn fool. And Joe's like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> True. Yeah. I'm not acting a fool. You're just mean. And um, she's like, well, we got to get you ready to marry. And Joe's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get married. And she's like, you'll marry. All girls marry. And Joe's like, no, gross. I don't want to be in society. I don't give two figs about society. Um, And she's like, well, if you're not going to do any of that, I'm not taking you to Europe. And that stops Joe dead in her tracks. Yeah. And Joe's like, I want to go to Europe. That's where all the writers are. They're going to teach me how to be a good writer. And and, um, Aunt March is like, well, could you change? If you change, I'll take you with me. And Joe's like, I yeah, and this is like, this is literally the song "Could You," where Could she's you. like, "Yeah, I'll take you to Paris. I'll do." And listen, if anything, Aunt March is a woman of her word. She's like, "I'll take you to Paris. I don't have any qualms about taking you to Paris, mm-hmm. but you gotta act right, mm-hmm. which is not that big of a payment." I understand being an independent young woman. I was one myself, but like, if you want to go Paris, let's just let for a week. For a week, act right. Yes. For a month, you know? They're going to be there for, like, a while. So Aunt March is like, I want to make sure that you're acting right. So, like, yeah, could you change? Like, could you wear a corset? Could you wear some heels? Could you wear a gown? Could would you want to let me curl your hair for a minute? Put some rouge on? Like, let's get into it. And Joe's like, I hate all of this, but, like, if I'm going to Europe, fine. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to, like... It's this whole song about change yourself to get your dream. And because Joe is so young, she's like, I can do that. Let's make it happen. Anything for my dream. Yeah, Joe literally says, I'll hold my breath and hold my tongue. Do what it takes to travel far. Yep. Yep. Girl. And they go through this entire thing. There's a little bit of operatic... A little bit of that in there, which makes the song so fun. Um, And that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And she ends the song by singing super low, and she's like, yes, I could. And that's the end of the song. Blackout. (laughs) Blackout. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, We are back at the March house. Joe thinks that she's going to Europe. Wow. And Joe... I'm eating a snack, which is why. And we forgive you for that. I need to feed myself. I will not apologize for feeding myself. I've texted Dylan in the middle of one of the songs, giving him my food order for the night. Hell yeah. You're a good girl. (laughs) Hell yeah. Okay. 
So we are back in the March house. Um, Joe and Meg are getting ready to go to a ball. Um, and Joe doesn't want to go because Joe's dress is a little rickety rackety. Yeah. Joe's like, there's a scorch mark on the back of my dress. And everyone's like, well, Joe, if you didn't stand in the fireplace, there wouldn't be a scorch mark on the back of your dress. Well. And in the book and the movie, this is where, this is the scene where Joe <laughs> burns off a piece of Meg's hair. But this does not happen. Oh, my school. God. It's so funny. It is so funny. Um, cause like they're all in the kitchen and Joe is curling Meg's hair and yeah. they're all like vibing and talking and being sisters. And they're like, why does it smell like burning hair in here? And Joe's like, <laughs> couldn't be me. Couldn't like... be me. And Meg being like the beautiful one who has the best prospects in the house is like, I'm trying to catch a husband up in here. Um, is like, and now I'm ugly. You have ruined me. And Joe's like, I got a scorch mark on the back of my dress. Now we're both ugly. Even. And I mean, in the musical, that does not happen. Um, but Meg comes down, and Meg is feeling not so confident about going to her first ball. Um, and Marmy is just like, "Oh no, baby, you'll be fine. You and Joe will be fine together. Joe will behave, and you will make sure of that." And Meg's like, "Okay." And we get into, <laughs> <laughs> and we get yeah. into, I'd be delighted. And, um, oh, yeah, this song is really cute. I feel like I say this every time I talk about any, like, any of the songs in this show, but like, all of the music from the show, period, is pretty cute. It's, yeah, the score of this show is really good, but only the score. <laughs> so, oh, okay, <laughs> hmm? <laughs> I just, I have an issue with some of Act One because there are like two songs that I like really like which is Take a Chance on Me and uh Astonishing yeah and then I'm just like that's what I remember from Act 1 and then like Act Act 2 is like heavy songs so I'm like I feel like Act 2 outweighs Act 1 it's there is so much content from Little Women that you could choose like yeah. to do like there are entire like there's like chunks of time missing from this show yeah like there's like an entire like there's an entire chapter where Lori takes the girls like on a camping trip and that's not in the show oh damn yeah um so this is like a whole thing where they're just like encouraging Meg to go and be pretty at this ball and by the end she's like okay if anybody asks me to dance, I'll say I'd be delighted. And that's yeah. the whole song. And Marmy's yeah. encouraging her. And they go. Um, so, at the end of this song, the only of the March sisters that is not in I'd be delighted is Amy. Amy is not in the scene, and that is important. She mm-hmm. comes She comes down the stairs, dressed in a ball gown that is too big for her, looking like a damn fool. <laughs> The button of the song is Amy saying, I'm ready. And they're just like, Amy, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, I'm going to her the ball. Her best. Her best. And she goes, I'm going to the ball. And they're like, the fuck you are. 
You're not going to the ball. <laughs> that is literally what I almost said. <laughs> you will never, you will never go to the ball, Cinderella. You will, you never. will never be glamour. You will never be glamour i said that to lupin as i left the house today <laughs> you'll never be glamour <laughs> and amy's like i want to go this dress almost fits me joe doesn't want to you are 11 mm-hmm. and she's like ish she goes joe doesn't want to go so i can go in her place why can't i go and joe right back at her goes you weren't invited Damn. I'll say, Joe, do you want to go or not? Like, <laughs> Amy's like, I can go in your place. Um, and then they get into, they get into a little fight, Joe and Amy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joe's like, I want to be noticed because I'm unique, not because I'm pretty. And Amy's like, yeah, I want elegance and fine things. I want to go see the fine things. I want to touch the fine things. I want to smell the fine things. I would like to go to this ball, please. Let me go. And Marmy's like, Joe is old enough to go, so Joe is going. Meg cannot go by herself. And Amy has a little fan in her hand that Joe steals as she's just like, I'm going to the ball. And Joe and Meg leave. And um, they... As Joe and Meg are leaving, Amy is just like, your story suck. And Joe's like, shut the fuck up. And they go. <laughs> and um, yeah. that is a secret mouse tool we'll use in three pages. <laughs> and um, Period. So Meg and Joe go to the ball. And they are in this beautiful house. There is a ball happening. And Joe and Meg are like, we're here. Hell yeah. And uh, huh, 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 they're talking about the party guests. And uh, Joe goes to sit on a bench. And who is sleeping on that bench that she does not see? But Theodore. Lori Metcalf. Lori Metcalf. <laughs> Theodore Lori. 15 <laughs> time Tony Award winner, Lori, Lori Metcalf. Metcalf. It is the one, the only. Theodore Lawrence the third. Yes. And uh, we have not seen Lori for a hot second. And um, Joe's like, why the fuck are you here? And why are you passed out here? And, he, and he's like, I dance too much. Mood. And Joe's like, you're drunk. And then um, Mr. Brooke appears. And Mr. Brooke is Lori's tutor. And he comes in and he sees Meg and is immediately enamored with Meg. And this is the first time you really get to see Joe and Lori bond because Meg and Mr. Brooke are like off to the side and they're flirting and Joe and Lori are like off on another side and and Joe's like, no, I don't want this to happen. And Lori's like, you better let it fucking happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So So, uh, Meg and Mr. Brooke are flirting. And, um, he asks her to dance and he goes, would you like to dance? And she goes, I'd be delighted. And they go off. Yeah. And Joe's like, don't leave me here with him. And, um, Joe get into Joe, not by herself, but Joe and Lori get into a little conversation and he's just sitting beside her. 
and he's very excited for her to be there with him alone. And mm-hmm. um, she's like, why are you looking at me like that? And he goes, you make me beam. And that's the line. And it's really cute. Like, Ugh. it's, they're so cute. And Joe's like, cool, thanks. Well, you look ridiculous. <laughs> she okay. like, oh, I didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they get into a little conversation. They get to, they get to know each other a little bit. Lori's like, well, when you're not attending balls, what do you do? Um, yeah. And she goes, I write stories. I make extraordinary plans. I do my own thing. And then she asks Lori about himself. Um, and he says, I've got a cranky old grandfather. And I've got a cat. <laughs> Good for him. Mood. Yeah. And then he goes, I've got <laughs> something else too. And she goes, what do you have? And she goes, and he goes, well, I'm, I'm hoping to say I have you. And she's like, Ugh. Um, and she's men, like, men, the audacity of men. And <laughs> um, Lori goes into his whole little. We we begin to sing "Take a Chance on Me," which is a fantastic song. If you are a tenor, put this in your book. Um, or if you're a baritone who thinks you're a tenor, put, put this in your book. So <laughs> the beginning of this song is it kind of turns into Lori's theme throughout the show like this all he like he always comes back to this um mm-hmm. so Lori says um i watch you in your attic i'm like i see you in your house like we live across the street from each other i see you vibing over there you're so alive like look at you go mm-hmm. and then he says i've never met a girl like you anyone at all like you which is like very important for Lori to say um, yeah. And he's like, well, this is really nice, beautiful party, lovely setting, um, really makes a person feel like dancing. And Joe's like, I can't dance. And he's like, why? And she's like, I've got a patch on the back of my dress. And he's like, let me see this patch. And she's like, don't come near me. No. Yeah. Don't look at, don't look at me. <laughs> and Do not perceive me. Joe's like, I don't <laughs> want you to perceive the patch on my dress. How dare you? <laughs> um, and he goes, you know what? I like that patch. It's going to be a whole new fashion. You dance with me tonight, and I guarantee by next spring, every girl in Concord will be wearing a patch on the back of her dress. And she's like, you are nuts. You are crazy. And he proceeds to say... I relate to this energy. Like, together, Joe and Lori are just unhinged. Yes. Unhinged. Um, And I love them. Um, In the 2019... Sarah Sharonin, Timothy Shabalagoo movie. <laughs> this scene yes. is them outside of the ball, literally like jumping and kicking and like thrashing around. And it is yeah. so stinking cute. Um, I went to go see the 2019 Little Women with my Lori Tyler Scott, and it was really cute. Um, oh my God. <laughs> bestie goals. Um, <laughs> I saw it with BJ. Aww. I will tell you, when the story pops up, it's when Beth dies. Uh, Remind me to tell you what happened in that theater, because it was incredible. Were you dry heaving? It was was astonishing. (laughs) So, Lori proceeds to sing Take a Chance on Me. and um, Not the ABBA version. It could be, if you wanted it to. Take a chance, take a chance, chance. If you change your mind. Okay, okay, but 
How funny, how funny would that be to take into an audition as a tenor? Or, like, an audition for Little Women? Do you have Take a Chance on Me? No. No, but I have Take Take a a Chance chance on Me from Little Women. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, when he proceeds to sing this song where he's like, we're going to be besties, I know it. And she's like, you're insane. Yeah. Um, Well. And, um... He says, we could be such friends. Friends are never lonely. All I know is books. And books are solitary, but I see you every day. And you Mm -hmm. live in your own way. And that makes me want to take a chance on you. And Joe's like, okay. Um, And then they box. (laughs) Yeah, this bitch is like, you want to fight? You want to (laughs) fight? And she's like, okay, we can box. And he's like, what? (laughs) And they fight. And she kicks his ass. Yeah. Because that's Joe. Um, and then there's a key change that happens. Um, and they are, in our production, we didn't really have a set. We had, like, seven benches that we mm-hmm. used for different configurations of things. So during the end of this song, Tyler and I were walking on these benches. Like, one behind the other, kind of, like, walking on, like, logs. And, like, mm-hmm. he would follow me, and I would follow him, and he would help me down, and we would spin around. Like, it was super cute um but they are kind of like now they are like besties yeah and like joe's just like i like this guy he's cool and um he ends the song he sings really high and joe's like come on tanner and she's like (laughs) and she's like you know what yeah i challenge you to a skating race tomorrow let's go and he's like i made a friend and they leave and Laurie sings a reprise of this because he's like, I'm in love with this girl. I'm going to marry her. And Joe's like, that's my best friend and I don't like him like that. Friend zone! Friend zone immediately. (laughs) And the scene ends and the ball is over and we hear nothing about Meg spraining her ankle at the ball. And that's okay. And that's okay because it comes in the next scene. So, um, next scene, it is Beth and Marmy awaiting the girls coming home. And Beth's like, hey, I can see them coming. Um, why is this man carrying Meg? And, um, Meg's like, I sprained my ankle, but it's okay because Mr. Brooke is helping me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. That's it. He's helping me. Um. And they look at each other and they're just like, we're in love. And um, Mr. Brooke quickly puts her down and leaves. And Joe and Lori are behind them, fucking around. Yes. Um, As I would be too. When Tyler and I did it, we were like, our arms were linked. And we were doing like the bestie walk where we were putting our legs over each other's legs. Stop it. If, like, I don't know if you could see us over in that corner, but, like, that's what we were fully doing, and we were, like, laughing, and we were, like, spinning around. Like, we were being, we were being weird. Um, I love it. And um, Lori returns Joe home. He, Tyler put me up on the step, and he stayed down on the floor. And he's like, this evening began very strangely, but it ended magnificently. And very abruptly, he's like, goodbye and he leaves again (laughs) yeah like he does and um they 
like they are talking to Meg about her ankle and Meg's like yeah it's okay and Marmy's like do you want to tell us about the ball and Meg is probably like in an immense amount of pain but it like finally has like (laughs) those love goggles on she is on cloud nine Meg is in love with this man she has like her whole world has been flipped upside down in a matter of like four hours like her life is different now and um Joe's like I made a friend and Meg was like he's lovely he danced divinely I had the best time of my life I may have left here a girl but I came home a woman and Marmy's like excuse me what (laughs) (laughs) go back what (laughs) and Marmy's like what's she talking about what's she talking about (laughs) and Joe's like she's just being silly it's okay nothing has she's grown woman what now (laughs) yes um, and then Joe has brought home for Beth and um, the other one is Amy. 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 How many women are there and why are they so little? Um, Joe has brought them snacks <laughs> from the party. Little um, woman point four repeating. <laughs> um, Joe is bringing home snacks for the girls. Um, uh-huh. And Amy's like, hey, Joe, I'm really sorry for that... Uh, that fight we got into earlier um and she gives amy a little snack um and then joe and marmy have a conversation which um i'm really happy that this is touched on in the show because it's really not touched on in any of the movies so there is a conversation that happens within the book between joe and marmy about how um joe kind of gets she's quick to anger um and joe's Mm. like i wish that i wasn't this way um and marmy's like well this is what i do because i was like this and it's a very very sweet mother-daughter moment you get to see between joe and marmy because Mm -hmm. like you need it you need it you need it like and it's it's like it's super cute but it's really not touched on in the movies but it is touched on in the show a little bit um what else happens Oh, this happens. Well, and to people quick to anger, I say go to therapy. Joe March. Joe March. I have I have made a boo boo. The conversation. What have you done? The conversation I just talked about happens after what I'm about to talk. about. Okay, I was about to say because there's a big thing. There's that a big happens. thing that happens. I can't believe I could. How could I ever forget this? So, um, Marmy's like, hey, Diana, I'm... come back to us. <laughs> so Marmy's like, hey, Joe, don't stay up too late. And Joe's like, I'm gonna finish my story, which Joe has left out. And Joe goes to, uh, she goes to the fireplace and Mm -hmm. she goes to warm herself up and she looks in the freaking fireplace and what is there in the fireplace but some charred pieces of paper that looks like they have her handwriting all over them and she immediately knows. And all hell breaks loose in the March house. I would just start swinging if I were Joe March. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, good. <laughs> the anger. The anger that rose up out of me. The anger that rose up out of everyone in the house. It was beautiful. So, um, Joe starts screaming. At the top of her lungs, she's like, Amy, where the fuck are you? Miss girl, you better show yourself. And... This is for Amy, you heinous-ass <laughs> bitch. Why'd you take my, my stories name. and put them in the fire? <laughs> Why are you taking my name off of the schedule? So, uh... So... <laughs> In our production, um, Nathan mentioned that it was in the round. So each sister had kind of like a corner that was like where they came from. 
And I was left on stage. And in this scene, all of the girls came from their own corners. So when I was yelling on stage, our Amy came from our Amy corner. But then um, because this was kind of like a battle royale between Joe and Amy, Meg came from Amy's corner and Beth came from Joe's corner to kind of back us up. To kind oh, of show cool. that kind of yeah, to kind of kind of show that like solidarity between the sisters because like Amy is kind of like Meg's protege and Beth and Joe are like very very close. Um, yeah. So um, the sisters all appear and we are all screaming at each other and Joe and Amy are like swinging and she's like, "Bitch, why'd you put why'd you put my story in the fire?" And Amy's like, "I don't know, I was so mad," and like they're like screaming and she's like i'm gonna choke you i'm gonna fucking kill you and then mommy's like what the fuck is going on on this day in my house please yes absolutely and mommy like takes the girls and she separates them and she's like not today not in my house we're gonna talk about this yeah. like civilized human beings <laughs> <laughs> and we can try, Marmy. We can, we can only tr- try. In my stage directions, literally it says boxing corners. Um, <laughs> we're fighting. Um, so they they get into it a little bit. And um, Marmy's like, well, Amy, that wasn't very nice. That's Joe's life's work. And Amy's like, well, Joe was being a bitch. And Marmy's like, Joe might have been being a bitch, but that did not warrant you to put her story in the fire. Apologize. And Amy's like, I'm sorry. And Joe's like... You stanky ass bitch. I don't forgive you. Yeah. Um And um, they kind of get into it a little bit. And Marmy's like, you guys got to love each other because at the end of the day, you are all that each other has. We are a family and we are all each other has. And they're just like, mm, okay, fine. And the the girls go to bed. And that leaves Marmy and Joe to have that conversation about being quick to anger. And um, yes. having that really sweet mother daughter moment and marmy's like you need to forgive her and joe's like i'm not gonna forgive her she is a demon in a child's body absolutely fucking not (laughs) and um so we get a better reprise from joe and she is just like i'm not gonna forgive her how could she be so mean to me um she's like i wrote my heart out in there like everything that i've ever written was like in that portfolio that she burned um, she's yeah. like, I'm going to rage until I'm withered. That's what I'm doing right now in my life, baby. Raging until I'm withered. Uh, <laughs> and then she begins to rewrite her stories. Uh, and we get a blackout. Blackout. Um, and then we go into another little scene. There has been a small shift of time in the March house. It's been about... Amy says how long it's been. Um, I think it's been about a week. And okay, it's been about a week, and Joe really hasn't spoken to Amy. Um, so fair, yeah, which is very fair. Um, so we get this. This is a very famous scene from the book. So Joe and Lori are going ice skating. There is a river near the March home, and they are ice skating. It is towards the end of winter, so it is still cold enough to skate, but the ice is kind of melting in some places on the yeah. river. And Joe and Lori are old enough to be like, "Hey, we probably shouldn't skate there." And um, Amy and Beth have a conversation about how Joe hasn't spoken to Amy in a hot second. And, um, like, Amy's like, I want to go ice skating. And Beth's like, you can take my skates. And Amy's like, are you sure about that? I don't know if Joe wants me out there. And Beth is like, hey, 
All you can do is apologize to her. I'm sure if you go and you apologize again, that everything will be okay. And Amy takes the skates and she leaves. Um, Bye, Amy. Bye, Amy. Um, And then we get this scene that is necessary, but not really. (laughs) So, um... Oh, I love Beth and him. Yeah. Yes. So, um, Beth's whole thing is that she can play the piano. Beth can play the piano, Joe writes, Amy paints, and Meg can do, like, housewifey stuff. She, like, she's, like, good at sewing. (laughs) Meg is the Hufflepuff. Miscellaneous. (laughs) Meg has a lot of skills. But none of them are really that artistic. Um, So... Mr. Lawrence comes in and scares the shit out of Beth. And Beth is very shy. She is very to herself. She's very anxious. Like, that's her whole Beth, thing. Beth, I have only ever seen playing at, played as a Victorian ghost child. That's basically Beth. She's, yeah, she's, she's a like... a Victorian ghost child. Frail. She's frail. Yes. Yeah. She is played by, um, in the 94 Winona Ryder movie... Uh, oh, God. I'm kicking around my phone. I'm so sorry. Um, You're fine. She's played by Claire Danes in the 94. Shut up. Mm-hmm. It's Winona Ryder as Joe. Some unknown as Meg. Kirsten Dunst is young Amy. And then Claire Danes is Beth. And then Susan Sarandon is Marty. In like the, Incredible. Yeah, yeah I'm the looking at this the, right and now. And then Christian Bale is freaking Laurie. Incredible. He is. And then the Professor Bear is somebody too. And we love him. Um, but... So, Mr. Lawrence comes in and scares Beth. And, um... Gabriel Byrne yes. is Professor Bear. Yes, he yeah. is. He is so much older than he is supposed to be. But you know what? It's okay. I'll, wow. I'll forgive him. Um, but Mr. Lawrence comes in, scares the shit out of Beth. Um, and they get to talking about how the piano that is in the March house is like rickety rackety and it's not tuned right. And Beth's like, well, it's my piano and I love it. And I love playing music. And Mm -hmm. he's like, are you going to play for me or not? And then, um, we get off to Massachusetts, which is a cute little ditty between, um, Meg, not Meg, Beth. Oh my God. Why are these women so little? And why are there so many of them? (laughs) So we get Beth, um, and Mr. Lawrence doing off to Massachusetts and they become besties. Literal besties. And I adore it. It's they are so cute. And um they're just singing a little a cute little song about Boston, Massachusetts. Um yeah. and at the end of the song, Mr. Lawrence Mr. Lawrence's whole thing is that he lost a niece. Or it's I think it's his daughter. Um, he lost a female in his life that was not his wife and um, she played the piano so there's this gorgeous piano that is in his house and everyone's like there's this beautiful piano in this man's house and he doesn't do shit with it oh my god and um, Beth reminds Mr. Lawrence of that person yeah so at the end of the song he's like looking at her and he's just like bye and he like leaves very quickly. The the Lawrences have got to calm down. The Lawrences are insane. Wild. Um, you can't just walk out of a room. <laughs> yet here we are. Um, yet here we are. So, uh, Mr. Lawrence deuces out, and then he comes back very quickly, and he's like, 
come visit me tomorrow in my house. We'll find a key to my old piano and see if there's still some music left in it. And Beth's like, love it. Okay. And then he leaves. Um, and then we, Meg comes in and, um, Beth and Meg are like, oh my gosh, Mr. Lawrence has a heart. How sweet. And immediately we get Joe screaming. Joe. Oh yes. Joe's just like, "Ah, why? And like a whole commotion happens. Lori is carrying a drenched Amy inside and Meg and Beth are like, what the fuck happened? And Joe immediately is just like, she's so stupid. She's so dumb. She's careless. She's rash. Why would she do this? And Lori's like, shut the fuck up. She fell through the ice. We're okay. Let's bundle her up. And Joe's like, she's so dumb. And everyone's like, Joe, can you calm down for a moment? And like Lori is doing like the Lord's work. And he's like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) What if she hears this and what if this is the last thing she ever heard? Yeah. And like, what if this was her 13th reason? (laughs) The way that this is written is so poor, but I understand what it is supposed to be. Because like, it's Joe freaking out about how Amy could have died. And if she had, Amy and Joe would have been on bad terms and she would have never been able to forgive herself. That yeah. that is the point of the conversation being had, but Joe is being a fucking bitch. That's Joe. Hey. That's Joe. Joe knows what she wants, baby. And it's to be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, um they get into they get into like a conversation and Amy's like, "I love your stories, Joe. I didn't know why I did what I did, but like I tried to make up for it." And, like, you didn't, like, I I drew you a little picture, and you just looked at it and said, okay, and you didn't say anything to me about it, and you were so mad at me, and I didn't know how to make up for it. And Joe's like, she's like, you're, why are you, why are you like this? You were skating recklessly. You could have died. And Amy's like, maybe it would have been better if I had. And Joe's like, shut the fuck up. No. The drama. The drama and conflama of this whole little scene. Um, and, and Joe's like, when that ice broke on... The line is, when the ice broke underneath you, all I could think was, I could have lost you. And then Lori is, like, in the background, just like, forgive her. You need to forgive her, Joe. Forgiveness. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) And and it's like, it's Joe, Megan, not Joe, it's Beth, Megan, Lori. And they're just like, you need to give her a second chance. And it's like this whole, like, forgiveness moment. And Joe's like, everyone needs to shut the hell up. <laughs> Stop. Literally. Um, <laughs> um, and then Joe's just like, yeah, I forgive you. It's cool. Don't burn my stuff. Don't look at my things ever again or I will kill you in your sleep. <laughs> and um, they, they're they all forgiven and they all, like, and all of them are like, the March sisters forever. And they do their little boop, boop, boop thing they do with their little hands. And Lori's off to the side. He's like, yeah, me too. And they're just like, why are you get here? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck Con- out of here. You're not Wait, what part is it like? What is that TikTok sound? It's like, Connor, get the fuck out. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I'm deep into mentally ill TikTok then. I'll send it to you when I find it. I deserve to see it. I would like to see it. Okay. So Lori's like, I'm here too. Um, And we get into five forever. 
which is which I enjoy which a whole lot. I it's love fun. this song. So, um, in the books, this whole thing is Lori joining their like little club. It's called the Pickwick Club in the books, and yeah. they write a newspaper every week, and they all work on their little things, and then they all put it together, and it's really cute. Um, they we don't have the Pickwick Club in the musical, so we have Five Forever instead. There's no time. There's no time for the Pickwick Club in the show. Um, so Joe brings out her portfolio and makes him swear on it that he will love and protect the sisters for the rest of his life. And he was, he's going to be there. He is going to be their honorary brother. And yep. And instead <laughs> of we cross over our hearts and we instead of in holding up a four, we now hold up a five and we sing five and- forever. Choreable. Yep, and we sing Five Forever, and we get a nice little five-part harmony, and it's about how they're going to be besties for the rest of their life. And Meg, in the middle of the song, goes, if John Brooke were here, could he be our brother, too? And Lori's no. like, Meg's in love. And Joe's like, shut the fuck up. He's not a part of this. <laughs> and um, it's just a song. It's like a really cute song about how they're going to like be besties for the rest of their lives. And they're like a cute little family and they dance around a little bit and that's it. And then they, and then they run off stage laughing and they're just like, yay, blackout. Um, Yeah. Oh God, what is next? Good Lord. What is next? Oh, Mr. Brooke. No, Mr. Brooke is not next. What? There is Mr. Brooke is close, but. There is another important thing. He's lurking. Mr. Brooke is lurking. He is about to come back. Perry is standing in the wings. He is waiting for his time to come and sing. It is almost his turn. (laughs) Stand by Perry. Stand by Perry. (laughs) So, um, oh, 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 um, Mr. March has been hurt. He is hurt. And he is in Washington, D.C. And uh, everybody is freaking out because Marmy has to leave. And go take care of Mr. March, who is now wounded. Um, So everybody's in the March house. There is a fuss happening. And they are throwing together luggage to get Marmy on a train. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. This is what... I have a story about this scene. So um, it is a very good story, too. So um, Joe is missing. Everybody but Joe is in this scene. And... um, even Aunt March is here, or she is about to appear. Um, yeah. But everybody is getting ready for Marmy to leave, and Marmy's like, where the fuck is Joe? Where is Joe? And Joe <laughs> runs in. Her head is covered in a scarf, which is the important uh-huh. part of this. Um, her head is covered with a scarf, and she's like, hey, Marmy, I'm sorry I'm so late. Um, I, got, I got the money that you were asking for, and she hands off the money joe had been asked to go to aunt march and ask for money to give to marmy so marmy could go um and she went and but she didn't go where she was supposed to go um of course not because joe doesn't listen to anybody but herself yeah because joe is too proud (laughs) to ask someone for money um she's part of the proud family reboot prouder and louder (laughs) proud family (laughs) they'll push your buttons like joe pushes mine (laughs) Um, so Joe comes back and she's like, I got the money. And Marmy's like, thank you so much. I know it was really difficult for you to aunt, ask Aunt March about this money. And she goes, oh, I didn't. And Marmy's like, 
I didn't do shit I didn't want to. <laughs> um, and everyone's like, where did you get the money from? And she goes, I sold my hair. And she rips off her scarf. <laughs> and her hair is like up to like her ears. She has a bob. And Lizzo's good as hell plays in the background. Yes. As she does this. Yes. <laughs> so Joe's whole thing is that, um, I don't know if it's said in the show, but it's said elsewhere, that her one thing, her one beauty is that she has this beautiful, long, chestnut colored hair. It is gorgeous. I, when I did it, I had a beautiful wig made by the one, the only Robert Giovanni. My beautiful yes. long wig. Um Miss Girl, and um, I had a wig change into this just nightmare of a wig that uh, my my chop was Robert put the wig on my head and he cut it on my head and it was fucking hilarious. Um, Incredible. Yes. yes. So Joe takes off the scarf and um, her hair is short now and she's like, I sold my hair. And everyone's like, oh my god, you look like shit. Amy's like... Me me in the audience, that one <gasps> reference, that very... Re- <laughs> I told you it was a wig. Wig. <laughs> um, and Amy immediately says to her, she's like, oh, you're bald. And Joe's like, I'm not bald. Shut up. Um, and... Joe's like, hey, I made... She didn't even make enough... She made $27 off of her hair. That's not even... For the time period, I feel like maybe it's helpful. But for now, I'll be like, that's dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but Lori's like, Joe, you look different. And she's like, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so... Yes. Yes. He's having a Mulan, uh, Mulan moment. Yes. He's like, ooh. Mm-mm. Mm. Yeah, I can take it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, they send Marmy off. Um, and they go. I'm trying to... Hold on. Aunt March appears. Aunt March finally gets here. And um, yes. Aunt March is taking Amy. Because while Marmy is gone, Meg is in charge. And Meg's like, I've got shit to do. I'm a governess. Like, I have to, like, I still have to make money. And all of the girls are like, we can't take care of Amy. And um, Marmy's like, that's fine. I'll just send her off without March. Um, And they go. And while this is happening, Aunt March is like, Josephine, why is your hair gone? This is, like, the big fight of the first act. Um, yeah. This this fight is huge. So, just, like, Aunt March is like, girl, what happened? And she's like, I sold my hair so I could get money. And Aunt March, Aunt March was like, if you had come to me, I would have given you the money. And Joe's like, well, I wanted to get it by myself. Because Joe is, what? Stubborn. Um, and she's like, you're selling your hair like a beggar. Like Fontaine from Les Mis. Um, and uh, she's like, that's not an option for a lady. You look like a shorn sheep. Like, what about our contract? And Joe's like, I don't ever forget about it. Like, going to Europe, like, I still dream about it. Like, I'm still down. Um, And Aunt March is like, well, you gave up your part of the bargain. You chopped your hair off. That's not ladylike. And Joe flies off the handle. Like, she goes off. Um, And she's like, I have lived up to my part of the bargain 12 times over. Like, 
I went to a ball. I improved my manners. I read books on etiquette. I practiced dancing with Meg and I held my tongue in several situations when I wanted to just voice my opinion. And I got like, she's like, I've got a fire in me at March. Like there is so much more to me than this. But she's like, I have done everything that you have told me to do. And I've passed the flying colors. I don't understand why you're like telling me that I haven't lived up to the, like my part of the bargain. Um, and yeah. Aunt March is like, well, let's see how far this fire takes you in life. Let's see what doors this fire is going to open for you. Like, let's see what society thinks of your spunkiness, spunky girl. Um, and Joe's like, Ooh, she's a spunky girl. Spunky girl. Um, and Joe's like, how is society? Not this. And Aunt March is like, uh-uh, not this. And Joe's like, we don't live for society. Not We do this. it for us. Like, we live for what's inside of us. And Aunt March is like, no, you think you know everything, but you know nothing, my girl. You're not going to Europe. I'm taking someone to Europe who has a little bit more class, who's more understanding <sighs> of its rewards. Wig. Um, and she turns to Amy, and Joe's like, I think the fuck not. I would have started swinging again. Yeah. Um, and she starts begging. She's like, Aunt March, please help me out. Um, and she's like, the subject is closed. And Joe's like, the subject is not closed. I'm going to Europe. I'm going to Europe if I'm going to swim there. Fuck. And then, and then here he comes. He's been standing by. He's been in the wings. He's been lurking. Mr. Brooke. Here he comes. Mr. Brooke walks in and he is in a union uniform. He is dressed up. He's got his little gun. He's got his little backpack. And he's like, boop, 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 coming in. And she's Uh like... Hey, John. And Mr. Brooks like, I really like your haircut, Joe. And she's just like, shut up. My hair is going to grow back. And then um, Aunt March leaves because she's mad. She takes Amy yeah. with her. Bye, Amy. We'll see you in the second act. Um, bye. Bye, Amy. Um, and then Meg. Oh, everybody was on stage for that whole ass thing. I don't know if I mentioned that. Yeah. Everyone watched Joe and Aunt March get into it um so tussle yes so meg and mr brooke have a conversation um about how he's going to war and she's like i'm very sad that you're leaving he's like well i don't want to leave without seeing you one last time um he's like i really want to help your father is in like an army hospital in washington i have friends who aren't coming back so like i might as well enlist um and she's like when are you leaving he's like now i'm leaving tonight and then he and then he starts talking to her and he's just like, I'm not a rich man. Like, I'm not particularly handsome. And she's like, no, you hot as fuck, baby. Don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, mm. And then he proceeds to sing more than I am, which is super cute. And the way that Perry sang it was to perfection. Love Perry. Um, so... He proposes to her, and he's like, you make me more than I am. We are so in love. Please marry me. And she's just like, yes. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Absolutely, yes. I'll marry you tomorrow. I'll marry you today. I'll marry you. I'll be yours for the rest of your life. Hell yeah. (laughs) I like that it was the rest of your life. (laughs) I think that's what she says. I think that's uh, hilarious. Uh, I'll marry you tomorrow. I'll marry you today. No, I will love you for all of my life. I was wrong. <laughs> it's a um, definitely a different um, 
different meaning there. Yeah, she's like, we're going to be married. Um, so <laughs> they, they sing, they kiss. Um, and then he leaves. He goes, I'll write to you every day, twice a day, five times a day. And then he leaves. Bye, Mr. Brooke. We'll see you in the second act. Um, Joe comes out and she is like. Good for her. Joe comes back. <laughs> you know probably um but so joe comes out and she's got maps and books and she's like vibing and she's like i'm going to europe we're all going to europe the four of us are going to europe and meg's just like that's not happening (laughs) she's living the delusion right now joe is (laughs) delusion convince yourself (laughs) that's where she's at (laughs) um So Joe is like going the hell off. She's sitting behind the desk and she's like, we're all, all four of us are going to Paris. Change my mind. (laughs) She's like, we're all going. Let's go. Like right now. Yeah. Marmy's going to come home and none of us are going to be here. What about it? Um, Joe in Paris, season one, coming to Netflix next (gasps) season. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Joe's like, we're going to Paris. And Meg's like, that's not happening. And Joe's like, Why? And she's like, John proposed to me. We are engaged. I have accepted. And um, Amy's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. That's incredible. Yay. Um, And then Joe, once again, flips out. Flips her shit. Um, And she and Meg get into a little bit of a fight. And Joe's like, you are turning your back on us. You're leaving us. You're abandoning us. How could you? You promised that it would be the four of us forever. Like, Amy, Amy is on her way out. Like, what is it only going to be Beth and I left? Like, what's going on now? Like, what's happening? And Meg's like, I will still be here. I am not leaving for forever. John is literally at war. So, like, he's going to come back at some point and then we'll get married. We're not getting married right this minute. Chill. Yeah. Vibe for a moment. And she's like, you promised. Eh. Um. And then we, we finally... Um, I was a minor when I entered that contract, so that's null and void, but word. go off. Yes. So we finally get a moment with just Joe and Beth. Finally. The moment you've mm-hmm. been waiting for the whole show. Um, and hey, Beth. Beth's like, hey, Joe, you're going to find your way. It's going to be fine. You can do anything. You can make the clouds disappear, Joe. You are perfect. You are Linda Evangelista. You are a model. Did you stone those types yourself? I love you so much, Joe. Um, And then Beth's like, let's go take a walk. Tell me about everything that you did today because you had a very big day. Your hair is gone. Let's talk about it. Um, Yeah. And um, she talked about how she, before she cut her hair off, she tried to sell all of her stories. And then they walk off and they leave. And we get into my favorite scene of the show. It's so good. It's it's time for the scene you have all been waiting for. Um, so Joe has an insanely fast wig change. Insanely fast. Um, and to cover this wig change, Theodore Lawrence comes on. It starts rambling. <laughs> Here he comes. Lori is back from college. Lori has gone to college while all of this is happening. He is in college. Another time lapse. So, um... Lori is coming into the house to see Joe. He has come back for some sort of break in his college time, or he's about to go to college. And um, Joe is in the attic and he's like reading her stories and like she comes back and she's like, oh my gosh, I have missed you so much. Lori, my, mm-hmm. my best friend, my best 
friend. Lori, my friend. My friend. My friend. <laughs> Much like uh, Jean Valjean in Act Two. My friend. My friend. Valjean? He doesn't sing that I song. will not be spoken to this way. Do you understand me? Uh, who am I thinking of? Marius. <laughs> Lower your voice. Do you hear me? <laughs> oh, this is empty chairs and empty tables. My bad, everybody. My bad. My friends, my friends. Okay. My 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 friend, my friend Theodore Lawrence the Third. Oh my gosh, you're here. Um, and he's like, I was in Boston. I have dreadful news. And she's like, What's going on? Um, and he's like, I'm going to school. And Joe's like, That's not bad news. That's so exciting. You're going to school. You're going to learn. I wish I could go to school, but I'm a woman. A woman can't go to college. <clears throat> that was a thing back then. Um, and he's like, Well, I'm gonna miss you so much. Like, what am I gonna do without you every day? And Joe's like you're gonna learn oh my god you're going to college you're gonna learn something new every day that's so exciting and he's like well I don't want to go and she's like I'll go in your place my hair's short enough (laughs) not really but (laughs) she would (laughs) have but I mean but I'm sure in reality she probably did think that Mm -hmm. I could pull this off (laughs) so so Joe's like this is an incredible opportunity you gotta go um and he's like what do you need of like like what like what do you need of schools joe like if you went you'd study everything but yeah but like what do you need like you're going to be famous you're going to be a famous writer um and she's like oh famous that's really sweet um he's like i need to tell you something and joe's like tell me what what's what, what's about to happen what 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 mm-hmm. happened and he goes well do you remember when we first met and she's like oh of course i remember it um, he goes, you chopped down my grandfather's terrace tree, and I knew that you and I would be magnificent together. And she's like, we are magnificent together, as we are. And then he goes, <laughs> my sweet Joe, that is, that is when you know it's coming, my sweet Joe. For weeks now, months even, this whole year actually, I've wanted to, and then he fucking kisses her. And uh, Joe pulls back and she's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and what? She's like, what was that? He's like, that was a kiss. I kissed you just then. And she's like, well, I know it was a kiss. I know. That. I know. And he's like, it was actually my first kiss. I've thought about it. And then. <laughs> he's like, it was my first kiss. And then he sings a reprise of Take a Chance on Me. And then he tries to kiss. No. Yeah. He sings like a very small reprise of it. And then he goes to kiss her again. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you right now? Like, what's wrong with you? And um, he says, I took part of my inheritance and I bought you this ring. And he pulls out a ring. And Joe's like, what is going on here? Like, Joe not being able to comprehend what's happening is like, oh, my God, what's happening? And he's like down on the ground he's like i want to marry you and um joe's like you have to stop this this isn't funny like please do not do this this is not funny Lori. like i know that you love to joke around but like not this um he goes no i've practiced it over and over and over marry me marry me marry me and she gets down on his level i closed the ring box in his face like i said no no Mm -hmm. 
she says it like three times and she's like no 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 find someone else you need to find some accomplished girl and he's like no I don't want an accomplished girl I want you I want you Joe I want you to be my wife um and she's like you cannot have me you cannot have me and he's like please say that you're gonna think about it like you need to at least think about it um and she immediately goes there's nothing for me to think about I will never marry I'm not gonna marry and he's like you don't mean that you really don't mean that and she's like I do mean it and he's like you'll marry I won't I will not marry and then he says you'll marry just not me that's what you're really saying you'll find someone and then Joe's like go away get out and yeah. she's like, I thought that you understood. Like, I thought you got it. I thought that you and I were, like, kindred spirits. I thought that, like, we were best friends. Like, only friends. Like, nothing was going to get in the way. And then Lori flips on her. He's like, you knew how I felt. Yes. You knew. Everyone knew. And then Joe flips right back at him. She's like, you knew who I was from the jump. You knew what I wanted. And I bared my Which soul Which is to fair. You. Yeah. Like, Joe was very plain with him from the beginning. She never flirted with him. Like, never. She's like, I bared my soul to you. How dare you, Lori? Go away. And then he's, like, begging her. He's like, please, do not do this. And then she's like, go. And he looks at her. And he looks at the ring. Looks at her again. And walks out. He leaves. The scene in the 2019 movie of them on the hill, I as soon as it started, I just started crying. Mm-hmm. This, like... It's done so well. Well, the scene in the 2019 is so good because it is literally word for word from the book. Period. Mm-hmm. It is word for there word the conversation from the book. And the thing that I really, really love about Lori's proposal in the book is that it comes, like very much in the second half like it is not in the first half it is not directly after meg like it is like in the book meg gets married and then joe goes to new york and comes back and it happens while joe is back in concord because something is going on that brings joe home in the second chunk of the book and it happens yeah then um i was gonna say something about the proposal oh god um ooh. It is also foreshadowed in the first book. Big foreshadowing in the first book. Because uh, there is, like, literally the last page of Little Women. Um, Joe and Lori are sitting, having a conversation. And Joe is talking about how Meg is married and Meg is gone. And Lori's like, well, you're next. And Joe's like, don't joke about that. There is no way that I'm next. And he goes, oh, I know you're next. And that's, like, the end of Little Women. Is, like... Lori and Joe, like, having a conversation. He's like, I know for a fact that you are next. And she's like, you need to shut your goddamn mouth about it. Um, (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Okay, so here we go. It is my favorite song. My favorite song in this show. And it is every, (laughs) every theater girl's favorite song ever. Like, yes, it is in everyone's book. Nobody sings it anymore because it is in everybody's book. I'm not saying don't put it in your book, but, like, you can. Um, it's time for Bustonishing. Um, I think this is a really... Which is... Oh, no, go ahead. No, 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 please say what you have to say. No, I was just going to say, which is 
Joe mentally grappling with what the fuck just happened mm-hmm. and now realizing that like her best friend who is not her best friend who is not her sisters she has probably lost yeah like the yeah. only person who was outside of her immediate family her connection to the outside world has i don't want to say you know what I'm, he has betrayed her he has stuck a knife in her back that is too deep for her to retrieve herself Yes. And this is... Because as you said, and as Joe said, you knew from the start this was not the kind of girl I was. Mm-hmm. I told I you. I have been against... I have been against this whole line of thinking since you've known me. Yep. So, it, it sucks. It sucks as... A, it's great story writing, but it sucks as an audience member to be like, they would work so well together. They... It is. It only makes sense for them to be together. Yep. And then, but also, as soon as it happens, as soon as he proposes, you're like, why would you do that? Because you know that's not who she is. Yep. Well, it's great writing. Joe and It's Lori, incredible writing. It's, it's incredible writing. Joe and Lori are, like, my favorite pairing. Like, growing yeah. up, I was, like, Joe and Lori, I was just like, why weren't they together? Why weren't they together? And as I got older, I understood, like, they are incendiary to each other. They are they bring out the worst parts of each other. Like, it's, like, mm-hmm. it would be catastrophic had they gotten into a romantic relationship with one another. Um, and I think that was, like, because when the novel came out, the first half of the novel came out, um, all of them were, like, what's going to happen to Joe and Lori? And Louisa was, like, they're not getting together. And everyone's, like, but they're so good for each other. Like, the way that you have them written... They are so good for each other. And Louise is like, why can't men and women be best friends? Can guys and girls be only friends? Like, what's up with that? Angel question. Yeah. Um, and um, the everyone wanted a continuation of the story. And the publishers that Louisa was going through, they were like, we want a continuation of Little Women. But we want Joe and Lori together. And she's like, that's not happening. For XYZ reasons. And they're like, we will only give you the money to write the second half of this book if you pair Joe with somebody. And that's why we have Professor Bear. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And she made Professor Bear, like, not a great person. Only because she had to make him a person. And that's why we have Professor Bear. Fun facts. Yeah. Okay. We're getting into it. Here we go. We have been dancing around to the song for about five minutes now. (laughs) It's time for Astonishing, one of my favorite breakup songs. Um, um, that's the first half of it. It's a breakup song. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. Um, so, Joe is, like, in her head. She's like, who is he? How dare he? Who is he with his marry me, with his stupid ring and his marry me? That's, he had, you know what he had? The nerve. Um... Yes. Yeah. I thought I knew him. I thought that he knew me. Yep. When did it change? What, what did, did I, I miss? miss? And, like, she starts to kind of, like, blame herself for it. She's like, oh, my God, did I lead him on? No. She did not. Like, she's like, I thought that he and I were going to go into the world and just take on this big, bad world together, he and I. Yeah. And I guess he thought that we were going to do that just differently. Um but this is not my fault. And then she goes, 
I need my sisters. I wish they were all here. If they were all here, like, I would know what to do. Like, I shared, like, if I can't share my dreams, what are they for? Um, Our promise meant everything to me. And I thought that we would never change, never part. Right? And now her world is different. Okay. This is... Yes. Yes, Joe. But also, (laughs) people grow up and people change. Yep. Yep. Which is... It's hard to come to terms with. This is, I feel like this is, not only is it a phenomenal act one ending song, it is fantastic for that. Um, Mm -hmm. It is a turning point in Joe's character. I think that this is like her, I am on the verge of something new. Um, Like, this is, like, I either stay in my ways or I change. Um, And she chooses to kind of grow through what she goes through. I have a shirt that says that. Grow through what you go go through. Um, mm-hmm. And she continues on. She's like, I thought all I'd want is to be here. Here at my house. Yes. Here with my family. And I thought that's all I could want. But really what I want to be is I want more. I, I want more. I want to be astonishing. I don't want to be just regular. I want to be astonishing. And um, she talks about how there is this life that she knows that she can have. Um, and it's not here and she can feel it and she's got to go and grab it on her own. Um, and she talks about, she's like, I am aching for this life. I'm aching for this life to begin. I know that there is somewhere else that I can be truly myself and truly astonishing. Um, I don't, I can't find them, but there are, um, alternative lyrics that Sutton sings before they got rewritten into this. And I cannot find them and I wanted to bring them to this, but they are so good um but she goes on and we get into we get into a key change here we go um here she goes here she goes um, and there's no turning back <laughs> my great adventure has begun baby i may be very small but i have giant hands giant okay hands. i said that all the time i i sing it all the time and i was like is that something Sam told me about? Is that something I'm just thinking of because I'm an insane person? And I'm that so is. glad you said that first because that is a huge weight off of my shoulder. There, that was a thing in our cast. Giant Hands was like, a, I think Giant Hands was Cheyenne. Cheyenne was Giant Hands. That was her thing. Love her. Um, hi, love Cheyenne. Love her, love her. Um, <laughs> so she goes on and she is singing all... Every lyric in this song can be put into some theater girl's Instagram caption. A white woman's Instagram. <laughs> standing standing in front of a very popular ride in Fantasyland. Me. I may be small. I may be small. <laughs> it's a small world. <gasps> me, me standing in front of Big Thunder Mountain, like the man said, I'm an outdoor girl. <laughs> Here it is. Hades Town. <laughs> we finally talked about Hades Town. Um, finally. Finally. Okay. So here there, we go. Oh my gosh! You take a picture of the uh, atrium scene in um, uh, Haunted Mansion, and it's like there's no turning back. <gasps> there you go. I'm gonna spend the rest of this time coming up with these. I'll send them to you privately. I promise. Thank you. Oh, a new. I will blaze until I find my time and place. Let's lunch in Disney Springs, Mama. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I will be fearless. Me in line for uh, Tower of Terror. <laughs> okay. 
Yes. Okay. Christopher Columbus, Hall of Presidents. He wasn't one, but that's the only place it works. Like... <laughs> there is a video of my little sister. Her name is Olivia. Hi, Libby. Um, so we went on vacation. We were like 11, 12, 13. And there, I have a video in our like archives of our family stuff of her screaming the end of this song. She is not a singer. Um, and there's a video of her just going, Christopher Columbus! <laughs> and it lives with me. When I was doing the show, I was like, I think I should just do that for Libby. Like, Please. It was, like, like when, whenever I would sing this, like, because, like, I've had this song. It's been in my back pocket. Like, I love this song. I love this show. Like, Absolutely. very special to me. Little Women is something that's special to me and my sisters. Like, so, like, whenever I sing the end of this, I think of her. So, like, <laughs> hi, Libby. Um... So that's incredible. Continuing on, Joe begins to sing all of these incredible things. One is bigger and better than the next. She's like, I'm going to blaze. I have giant plans. Like, I'm going to shine as brightly as the sun. I'm going to blaze until I find my time and place. I will be fearless. Mm-hmm. I have a story about this. It is better told by Amy, who was our director. But um, when I auditioned for this, um, she had us sing the end because. How are you supposed to get a joke? Of they course. Sing the end of staunching. Um, so all of the girls in the room were singing through I Will Be Fearless. And I was like, let's switch it up. Um, so I spoke through it. So instead of saying, I will be fearless, I just straight up said, I'll be fearless. Surrendering modesty and grace. And she's like, that's what I knew. And I was like. Make, Absolutely. Make a choice. Make, make a strong choice. Make a strong choice. Um, so I'll be fearless surrendering modesty and grace. I will not disappear without a trace. Um, I'll shout and start a riot. Be anything but quiet. Christopher Columbus. Um, I'll be astonishing, astonishing, astonishing at last. And she's standing there with her portfolio in her spotlight. Beautiful lighting going on behind her. She is standing more determined than ever in her attic, um, ready to move on with her life. And that is the end of act one. That's act one, baby. You better get into it. Give me. Act two. Yay. So we get an entract. Um, Joe is now living in New York. She is living in Mrs. Kirk's boarding house where she meets Professor Bear. We met him in the first act. He's back. He's had a snack. He's had a smoke. He's come back. Um, They are talking about where Joe is. And um, Mrs. Kirk's like, hey, you have thoughts for Joe. And and he's like, no, 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 no. We are friends. We are friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Joe comes in and she is very excited about something. And um, she's like, where's the professor? Where is he at? And um, she tries talking to him in German. She goes, ah, guten tag. And he's like, it's guten tag, bitch. Get it right. Um, <laughs> well. She's like, well, when you talk to me, you say guten tag. And he's like, I never said tag. And then he's like, okay, tell me what's going on. And she goes, okay, well. I came to New York on a dream and I knew it might take me a while and I've been trying to like get my books out there like I want someone to put my little stories in their little newspaper and I rolled up into the volcano press this morning and I forced this man to read my story and um um and she she was like I he's like I wow words um she's like I had this man read my story. He said he was going to put it on a pile, but that pile was like at the ceiling and he was never going to read it. So I read it to him (laughs) and she begins to perform her story. Um, and I do believe it's the story that she begins to write 
after Amy burns her book in the first act. So this is what she writes. Um, Mm. She begins to perform the story, and it's all of the characters from the first act in her little, like, thing that she does in the first act. They all come back. And um, she begins to tell the story, and all the little actors come out. And then she's like, he wanted me, he wanted, he wanted to throw me out, but I persevered. And then I began to tell my story again. And then the hag shows up in front of Miss Clarissa, who is played by Meg. And the hag is played by Marmy. And in this story, um, our heroine Clarissa is having to sacrifice some things to get where she needs to go. So Clarissa has all these accoutrements on her that make her a beautiful, pretty lady. And the hag is like, hey, those combs in your hair, they're really pretty. Um, If you give me those combs... I'll help you. And she's like, no, but I need them. She's like, that's really fucking vain. If you give up vanity, you'll find your destiny. And Clarissa's like, okay, bet. And she gives the hag her combs. And um, Joe continues to tell the story. All the characters are out there. Clarissa comes across a troll who is played by Amy. And our... (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Little Rel came out with like a sponge on her nose, a witch hat, and a ratchety wig. She's fucking hilarious. Um... And the troll's like, hey, you want to get across this river? Okay, give me your fucking necklace. And Clarissa's like, no, I need that. And give me, and the troll's like, give it to me, and I'll get you to where you need to go. And then Clarissa gives the troll the necklace. Um, and then Joe says some of probably my favorite lyrics that are in the show that come back is a secret masker tool at the end of the show. Um... She says, sometimes when you dream, your dreams come true in extraordinary ways. Suddenly a day can be so amazing. And sometimes when you yearn, you burn the air. And then someone else feels the flame that you knew was there. So at this point, the guy who she's trying to, like, get her story into the newspaper, his name is Henry Dashwood. He's, like, into it. He's like, ooh, this is very good. So um, we continue the story. Clarissa happens upon a raggedy old knight. um, And... Clarissa's like I can't stop I'm almost to where I need to go and Mm -hmm. the knight's like hey can you give a tired old knight some assistance and she's like I have nothing left to give you I have nothing and he's like give me some of your time and and Clarissa's like my fate it's over there I gotta go and then he's like you don't care for me it's been years since I felt the touch of another hand and Clarissa I know I know and I'm just like, the audacity of man. Ugh. Why is Joe writing this? Um, and Clarissa's like, okay. Take my hand. I'll hold her hand for a hot minute, but I will only hold her hand. And, yeah. And then she gives him his shawl. Well, her shawl. And she's like, it might be a little bit raggedy, but it'll keep you warm. And then the knight turns into a regular knight and says, okay, you did it. Here's my sword. And Clarissa's like, cool. Cool, deuces. Um, and, um, then Clarissa is, like, running across the moors. She's like, I'm gonna go fight this raggedy-ass man who tried to fucking kidnap and kill me. Um, she sword fights him, um, fully. And then, um, Braxton almost has her beat. And, um, Rodrigo 2 appears, Mm -hmm. because there are two Rodrigos. We only think there's one, but there's two. Um... And then Rodrigo fights Braxton and says, this is your end, villain. I'm going to freaking kill you. 
Um, and then Braxton's like, Braxton's like, you look a little bit different than regular. Who are you? And then Rodrigo takes off her hat, and it's her sister. And it's a story about sisterly love and family. Um, and then he, Braxton gets got, and then Joe's like, that's my story. Um, and then Me, Braxton gets got. Braxton gets got, and when, because Perry was our Braxton, and when he got stabbed and he had to run off stage, he made this ungodly noise, but he had to go a very, very, very long distance to our backstage area. So he would go, mm-hmm. ah, 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 and he'd like keep doing that until he was off stage. I cannot. It was ridiculous. It was so dumb. Oh, it was so good. But, and then Joe's like, hey, then that guy was like, hey, sell me your fucking story. This was so good. And um, and then he ordered four more. So now Joe is writing weekly at the Volcano Press. And Hell yeah. Yeah. So they all sing together. And um, this is the only time in this show that the entire cast is singing together at the same time. Fun fact. This is the Ooh. only time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, it is all of them. And we also get... We get joe meg beth and Lori singing together in four-part harmony and it is gorgeous if you take out what's under them and it's just the four of them it is so good um Mm -hmm. so we get all of them singing together about how sometimes when you dream your dreams come true and you can sell your story to the newspaper and you can make money and you'll astonish the world i'm gonna astonish the world gang gang um and then professor bear's like congratulations that's really great um and he's like i'm flabbergasted and she's like, I feel like anything is possible today. You were right, Professor. Um, and she's like, I'm a published writer. And I'm going to write 25 more for my commission. Um, and um, they go and they party around a little bit. And then Professor Bear asks Joe out on a date. That happens. Gross. Gross. And Joe's like, actually, wait, yeah, that'd be... I should like that. That'd be fun. Let's go. Um what else happens they're just having a little chat and then mrs kirk gives joe a telegram and uh she opens it and joe is so excited she's like it's probably from my family i'm so excited to hear from them i'm gonna write them back it's gonna be great and she reads it and her literally her heart falls out of her ass when she reads this telegram and they're like i know here it comes um everyone's like joe what the hell's wrong and she's like my little sister is ill she has scarlet fever here it is. Beth's sick. Our ghostly Victorian child has finally gotten got. Okay, very quickly. Have you ever seen the John Mulaney bit about sitcoms and answering the phone? No. There's. This is from his Oh Hello Broadway show, which is on Netflix if you okay. want to watch it. Um, but he goes, you can always tell if the news from a telephone call is going to be good news or bad news. Mm-hmm. Because... It always has to be the opposite energy of what's going on. So if it's like somebody's really, really worried or like they're super stressed about something and they get a phone call, it's like, yeah, hello? Mm-hmm. What? Oh my gosh, she's, oh my gosh, she's okay. Yeah, so super. And it's like, <laughs> hello? What? Yes. Like, it's, so, and I'm like, that is kind of the energy. Yes, that absolutely. Is exactly, that is exactly what's going on here. So, yes. Joe gets the news and she's like, my sister's dying. This sucks. I have to go. Got a blast. Mm-hmm. And I'm going home. I, I'm going home. <laughs> um. So, Mrs. Kirk's like, okay, I'm sorry. And Professor Bear's like, stop it. 
Mrs. Kirk, what can I do for you, Joe? Um, and he gets her ready to go. Um, Professor Bear takes over because Joe is a governess in this house. She teaches Mrs. Kirk's children. And Professor mm-hmm. Bear's like, I've got it. I'll teach the girls. It's okay. Just I'll have them keep reading. You're fine. And um, they have kind of a little cute little moment um, where they're like a little bit flirty. And he's like, I really care for you. Like, let me know if you need anything. Like, I hope your family's okay. Like, write to me. And um, he's like, is it like, can I go with you? Like, do you need, do you want someone to go with you? And you shouldn't be going alone. Like, I don't want you to be alone during this. And Joe's like, oh, I'm not afraid. It's okay. But thank you. That's real sweet. Um, And he asks her, like, as Joe is like exiting, he stops her again. And he's like, are you coming back? I really want you to come back. And she goes, oh, I'll be back. Don't worry about it. Um, And then he wishes her good luck and they part ways. And we are back at the March house. Yes. Okay, so we're back at the March house. It's been like a couple of days. Joe is now home. Um, It is Mr. Lawrence and Mr. Brooke because he's back from the war. Um, Finally. Finally, he's come back. The Civil War has ended, I think. Um, So Mr. Brooke and Meg are married. Meg is pregnant. She is pregnant. Meg is pregnant. She has twins, fun fact. Um, Their names are Demi and Daisy, and they're very cute. Um, So something is happening in the March house. There is a very large something happening in the March house. And um, they are getting it ready to surprise Beth. And Beth is very frail. She is very weak. She needs assistance walking the whole bit. Um, So everybody is... um, Everybody's getting ready to give Beth her thing. And Beth appears and she's just like, "Eh, I'm very sick. And they have her take the sheet off of the very big something. And it is the piano from Mr. Lawrence's house. Yes. And she's like, oh, it's so nice. I'm dying. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, they all kind of, they're just like, go, go be at the piano, Beth. And Beth's like, oh, it's so nice. I couldn't possibly... And um, she goes, and they get a reprise of um, Off to Massachusetts. And Joe's like, I miss New York. And then she writes Professor Bear a letter, just giving a little update about um, life in general. And while that is happening, Professor Bear is, like, off in his own little special, like, sitting in a chair reading this letter that Joe is writing to him. Um, Yeah. And then we get... How I Am, which is Professor Bear's song that is unnecessary to the plot of this show, but we still love it. Yes. But this is literally just, she had wrote to him a letter and is like, hey, how are you doing? And he's like, how the fuck do I respond to this? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And he's like, the house is so quiet without Joe in it. What am I supposed to tell her is happening here? You know what I mean? Um, And he's like, I've been reading, I've been teaching, and like, I should tell her how I am is fine. Like, it's totally fine. And um, he's, like, freaking out because, like, he's, like, I haven't had feelings for anybody in a while. And I think I have feelings for this girl. Um, It should literally just be me responding to a letter. But I'm overthinking it. And that's his whole thing. Mm -hmm. With this song. Um, He's, like, I find myself humming to myself now. Like, I, like, I sit and, like, I vibe. Oh, no. In my script was a rehearsal prop of the telegram of uh it says 
Miss March, stop. Your sister is sick as fuck. Stop. Get yourself home, girl. Stop. <laughs> Get yourself home, girl. Oh, no. Okay. So, Incredible. Professor Bear sings about how he's writing this letter. He's freaking out. Okay. So, we're at the beach. Um, Joe has raised enough money to take them to the beach. We are at Cape Cod. They're picking shells. They are vibing on a blanket. And Joe, Marmy, and Beth are kind of just talking about how New York is. And Beth is looking sicker than she has ever looked in her life. She is looking like she's dead. Um, so Marmy leaves the scene and Joe and Beth are having a beautiful little moment together. And um, Beth says, I have something for you, Miss Joe. It's this shell that Marmy found. It's over a thousand years old and like... And I believe that once upon a time it had an amazing life. Put it to your ear and I'll talk to you. And then Joe takes this thing from Beth. Like, it is like a huge exchange between the two of them. And Joe puts the shell up to her ear. And she's like, what is it saying? And Beth's like, we grow up too fast. You're a woman of the world now. And I am so proud of you. And I promised myself that I would not cry. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> um, and then Joe says, when you were first born, not an hour old, I told Marmy. And then Beth says, Beth is mine. And then Joe says, everybody has someone special in the world, and I have you, my sweet Beth, give me a task to do. Oh, no. Time for your story. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> yes. Okay, so this, th I mean, and then this whole song is kind of like Beth dying. Do you want me to talk about it? I mean, it, I mean that is just kind of like the, the crux of what happened. It, it, they, they sing together, and, and yes, Beth they passes. Sing. Um, but when, so... We watched this movie. Now, there is the... There's... There was the scare of Beth dying, or Beth being sick, like, kind of halfway through the movie, and you're like, holy shit, and, like, I've only seen, like, Little Women and, like, like one version and then, like, your version, so I was like, mm -hmm. oh, shit, is this when she dies? Mm -hmm. And then Beth... And and so you're like, oh, my gosh, she's getting... You know, she makes her turn around in the movie, and, mm -hmm. you know, she's getting a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And then she actively dies yeah and me and bj are sitting there and he is one of the few people that I, like i know that he will cry alongside me mm -hmm. and so like we were sitting there we were both very upset it was beautifully done beautiful cinematography and like the whole family is upset visibly upset on screen mm -hmm. and the woman behind us goes did she die <laughs> oh no <laughs> I shit you loud, loud in the theater too. Did loud. She die? <laughs> did she die? You bet your ass she. Anyway, did. that's my story. <laughs> did she die? Yes, she did. Okay, so we get yes. some things are meant to be. This is a song that is sung at thespian festivals every year without fail. Um, so basically, it's Joe and Beth having their last kind of moment together, thing singing about how they're having a beautiful day together. Um, mm -hmm. what they're going to do, they're going to dart about and fly, fly on the breeze. Um, and they're going to pass the days doing only as we please, because that is what living is for. And Joe and Beth have a conversation and Beth's like, Hey, can I tell you a secret? And Joe's like, anything, you can tell me anything bestie. And Beth's like, I never made plans about what I would do when we grew up. I'm not afraid to die. The hardest part, Joe is leaving you. And I sat oh. there, I sat there on stage and I looked at little Megan and I said, you shut the fuck up. <laughs> Literally. And then Joe says, I won't let that happen. 
you'll get better. You will. And then we get the most heartbreaking part of the show. Um, we get the end of Some Things Are Meant to Be, which is um, in our show, Beth and I were flying the kite and Beth was standing behind me at this point. So I had the spool in my hand and as she was singing this, the Some Things Are Meant to Be, the tide turning endlessly, she was backing away from me. An exit. It was so beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, so at the point where she says, all my life I've lived for loving you, let me go. I would turn around and she'd be gone. Gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then the kite flies away. They're flying a kite during this. I don't know if I said it, but they're flying a kite. And Joe turns around and Beth is gone and the kite flies away. Um, And that is the end of Some Things Are Meant to Be. And Beth is gone and everybody is just devastated. The audience is crying. I am crying. And we're moving on to the next scene. I bet you forgot about them, but they're back now. Amy and Aunt March have returned from Europe. <laughs> and Amy is a grown-up person. She's got her titties she's up. She's a fancy lady now. She's, she's got her titties up. She's a fancy lady. She is wearing a corset. Um, yeah. And um, they, are talking, they are talking about how everything in Europe was so civilized, and now they're back here, and Amy has kind of regressed into just like, I want to see everybody. I'm so sad that I wasn't here when Beth died, but, like, I'm here now, so, like, what's good? Yeah. Um... Um, Amy and Meg have a reunion. Meg is pregnant. Amy is beautiful. And, um, Amy's like, oh, I'm very, I'm very sad that I didn't get to see Joe. Joe must have been devastated. Um, Amy and Joe kind of have a conversation about, um, how brave Beth was as she died. Like, she was, like, sad that, like, Amy, like, wasn't there to, like, say goodbye to her. But, like, Beth got it. Like, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and then Lori shows up. This is bullshit. <laughs> Lori shows up. Um, and um, Lori and Joe see each other. And Joe's like, I didn't know that you were coming back. Why the fuck are you here? Um, and he goes, well, we all sailed on the same ship. <laughs> And Joe's like, it, and you're, he's like, also, we have a song for this. So there's a song, sit down. there's a song about to happen, Joe, and we were going to blast right through it. Um, <laughs> so jo, Lori's like, we sat on the same ship and Joe's like, you look different. And Lori's like, yeah, I'm taller. Um, and Joe is like, hey, it was really good of you to be there for Aunt March and Amy. And Lori's like, well, um, I wanted to come see you in New York. I really wanted to be there for you. Um. And then Joe apologizes to Lori about the proposal. Uh, and Lori's like, it's really okay. You said what you felt. Um, and then they kind of catch up a little bit. Joe's like, I sold a story. And Joe's like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. Um, and then they look at each other and they're just like, I missed you so much. And then they do the, like a little handshake that they've been doing the whole time. Um, yeah. And then Lori gives Joe the pep talk that she's been needing the whole show. Um. Lori's like, you were meant to soar. I was meant to do, like, stupid shit. But you, you're special, Joe. You are so special. And then Amy comes in. And they're they're acting weird. And Amy's like, have you told Joe yet? And Joe's like, tell me what? And then they sing the most amazing thing, and it's about how they got fucking married. Which is fucking stupid. And they're like, oh, we got along so well. Fuck that. You just wanted a March sister. Yep. 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 You just wanted to marry March. So you picked the one that was most like Joe, but wasn't. Ding, ding. Um, well, 
they sing they say fun things like Amy's like I like fireflies and Lori's like so do I and then, then they were in a they were in a gondola in Venice and they're like we Oh when jumped, he stood up to propose and, and fell, fell out of the water. water. Yeah. Dumb. This song is cute, but we're blasting on through it. Um Lori and Amy are married. Lori and Amy are married and Joe is sad. Um Yeah. So Amy and Lori leave and Joe's like Welcome to the family, asshole. Um, and then he leaves. Um, yeah. Amy and Joe have a conversation, and Amy, Amy is like, um, "I here's this book of my drawings. We'll always be close, Joe. We'll always be sisters." And Joe's like, "Gross. I wanted to go to Europe." Um, uh, and then literally, and then we get my favorite Marmy song of the show. It is the emotional. <gasps> the emotional power hour is about to begin. Um, yes. so Joe and Marmy have a conversation because Joe is in the attic for the first time in months since Beth died. Yes. Um, and Joe says, I can't write, I can't do anything. And Marmy is like, I know that you want Beth back, but you can't have her back. You have to move on. And she sings Days of Plenty and it is gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, and she is like, I hope that you guys would never know heartbreak. I like, I really hoped that I could get you through your life without terrible, horrible things. Um, and she has, she's like, you have to believe that there is a reason for you to hope. And during all of this, she is like giving Joe a pep talk and she's like, you have to pick yourself up and dust yourself off. Like you have to believe that Beth mattered. You have to believe that she will always be with you. Like she is a part of the days you have yet to fill. She will live in your bounty she'll be there as you keep going through your life so like here is yeah. your portfolio and write and marmy leaves yeah and in the show it is beautiful marmy is screaming for the rafters and joe is crying i was crying um and it goes right into the fire within me which is <gasps> a lot so joe has a fucking breakdown <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, she is in the attic and she finds the shell that Beth gave her. And um, she sings about how she thought that she would always have forever with her sisters. I thought it was always going to be the four of us. Um, and she is like, I don't know how to grow up. I don't know how to move on. Like, I thought it was going to be the four of us forever side by side. Um, she's like... I was theirs. I was always there for them. I thought it was going to be us. How can that be lost forever? How when I gave every inch of myself to this? Um, and yeah. then she gets an idea. And then I got to say literally the beginning paragraph of the book. This is from the book. What oh, I said cool. is literally the beginning of the book. So um, she begins to write what becomes Little Women. Um mm-hmm. And she immediately goes, she is pretending that she is Meg. She is pretending that she is Amy. She is pretending that she is Beth. And she is pretending that she is herself. She begins to write the story about these four sisters who love each other more than anything on God's green earth. And then she goes, this is what I'm going to write. And she goes, everything I promised them is here. It's all of us the way we used to be. We're always going to have each other. And they will always be the fire in my heart. And then she sings the reprise to Astonishing, and it's beautiful. Um, 
and she finally finds that she has found this astonishing thing and it's been her whole life yeah it's beautiful and that's the end of fire within me the 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 reprise of astonishing is incredible Mm -hmm. added to this song oh it's so good it's beautiful um and it's not as high as it is in the original astonishing so like i was having a blast (laughs) absolutely yes so um she sings it again and then we get into the last scene of the show we've made it (laughs) so amy's getting married um and that's a whole thing um i'm gonna tell a short story i promise it'll be so fast so um, go for it our meg cheyenne she got cast in um the frozen stage show at uh, studios because she's she was friends with elsa and one of her overnights was during our show so she had to leave halfway through the second act of the show and <laughs> she's in this last scene for like two seconds so they had perry go on stage and he monologued until our amy came in and the one i hear is just like i remember I remember my my sweet wife Meg, and it made it sound like she was dead. <laughs> but I it was just a rehearsal. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Okay, so Amy and Lori are getting married. We are getting ready for the wedding. Um, and everybody's coming in. Joe comes in, and um, Aunt March and Joe kind of make up. And Aunt March is like, "I want to give you my house," and Joe's like, "Holy shit." Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, when I die, you can have it. Make it a make it a school or make it a library. And Joe's like, okay, bet. Um, okay, cool. Thanks. Bye. Cool. Bye. <laughs> and then Professor Bear shows up, and then um, they catch up a little bit. Professor Bear has Joe's book, but Joe doesn't know about it yet. Um, they catch up. Professor Bear has had a birthday. He's thirty five now. He's still worrying about it. Um, she, um, like Professor Bear, thinks that Joe is getting married, and she's not. It's just her sister. And um, then they kind of flirt a little bit, and then they sing Small Umbrella in the Rain, which is one of my favorite duets in the musical theater canon. I love this song. Um, And it's a song about how they are opposites, complete opposites. Um, And um, they, he sings about how, um, it seems before we start, we're done, we even argue it, hello. If I say, let me share the small umbrella, Joe says, I say, who cares if I get wet? It's that kind of thing. It's very cute. Um, they always fight. They disagree on everything. Um, and then he says, you make me smile. You make me laugh. You make me care. How can I explain inside my heart? I feel a pain when you're not there. Though we are not at all alike, you make me feel alive. If we have that in common, mm-hmm. that one small thing in common, our love is like a small umbrella in the rain. Um, and Aunt March comes in and she talks a little bit and ruins the vibe. And then Professor Bear um, goes on to say, um, oh God, um, when people discover passion, they come upon something rare. This fervor they have in common can shelter them anywhere. Though the rest may be rough with such passion to share, I think they have more than enough to make a marriage if they dare. And Joe's like, you're proposing? And he goes, no, yes, no, wait, yes. Not right now, not today or tomorrow, even next month, but in a year, I, I'm very patient, but yes, I am proposing. And, um, Joe's like, I'm not going to be a cakewalk. This will not be easy. I am a nightmare person. Absolutely. I am a nightmare person. Um, and <laughs> they sing together and they're like, we're going to, we're, we're getting married. We're getting married. And then they kiss. <laughs> um, and then. I am a Bear, nightmare person. 
and the professor bear's like oh there's a reason i came to see you joe um it's your book got published your your little woman book got published um and then marmy comes in and she meets professor bear and um they talk about how aunt march gave joe the house and they're like we're gonna turn it into a school and professor bear's like oh hell yeah i would love to help with that and marmy's like you can stay if you want do you want to come inside and meet the family and he's like oh yeah i should do that and marmy and professor bear go inside and Mm -hmm. um joe sings a reprise of volcano press and she sings sometimes when you dream your dreams come true um and that is the end of the show and like as she finishes her reprise he comes out and he says joe we're all waiting for you and they walk off hand in hand into the sunset ah (laughs) and that's little little women baby little women you better get into it sam did you have fun i had so much fun you did so good I was so stressed in that last 10 minutes. <laughs> it's okay. I, mama, now you know what it's like. Oh my God. Uh, but yes. Uh, do you have anything to, to plug? Do you want to plug the theater you're working with now? Yes. Um, if you are in the greater Orlando area, come see The Wedding Singer at the Henniger Center. You can find us on Instagram at the Henniger Center or thehennigercenter.org. Also, you can find me at Safstack on Instagram and Twitter. Tip your baristas even though I'm not a barista anymore. Period. Tip your baristas. Stop buying the coffee for the people behind you. Yes. Tip, tip your baristas. Tip your baristas. Um, Sam, no, but really, I know we had to hustle through Act 2. You did great, and I am very happy that you got to do this. I'm so glad. And Yay. we will have to do another episode. Please. Yes, please. Yes. Um, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you next week. It's going to be... Un- Karina's coming back for season four. Yay! So I'm very excited. Uh, so, like a person who has drunk too much in the end of every show, it is time to black out. Bashangalang! <laughs> 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 Bastardishing! <laughs>